Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Week in Gaming podcast. And boy, it's been a big week in gaming. I'm Intergot for episode 18 on Sunday, the 15th of November, 2020. As always, I'm joined by the number one contender in the best Xbox RPG player in the entire world, Swinny. Hello. And back by popular demand, next-gen gamer himself, friend and foe of the podcast, Mike. How you going, Mike? Man, it must be such a slow news week if you guys invited me back. No, it's a big week. It's always a big week in gaming. Uh, and it is a very big week in gaming, <laughs> given that we've got the start of the next gen. And we thought, That's right. given that we have a gaming podcast, <laughs> neither Swinney or myself will be getting Because you're so cheap. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And given that you are a splurger and you have got the the PlayStation 5, I believe. Is that right? Uh, wait, PlayStation 5? You said to do a <laughs> review of the PlayStation. You didn't specify which one. You've got five PlayStation 1s. <laughs> I, I no, I, I I got a PlayStation Two and a PlayStation Three, which I guess adds up to five. <laughs> so and the original sh- PlayStation and a four, so I guess it also adds up to five. So, hmm. so shortly we'll be chatting with you about the first impressions you have of the PlayStation Five. We're also going to cover XCloud is launching in Australia very much earlier than we thought it would be, um, and also uh, taking advantage of uh, Game Pass Ultimate. I actually played through and beat Alan. Wake. I always want to say Alan Awake. Alan Wake. Uh, so just my thoughts on that. And it'd be really interesting to see if you guys have played it. So yeah, wow, how, how's, you, you, how's the week been, Mike? It's the week's been a rubber. Hang on, you, you've played anything other than Rocket League? <laughs> what? Actually, I've played... That's, that's the big news this week. That's what I, we should be talking about. I can genuinely say I've played many more games than any both of you combined i'd say when if i can go through oh, really? the list okay <laughs> let's first let's i want to check i want to check you know yep. so new consoles launched this week swinny yes. did you get a new console this week no i i was in eb yesterday and as part of me i'm like maybe Ooh. i should ask i'm like no no why wouldn't you though it's all back it's compatible right it's almost shameful because I'm, I'm unlike you. I, I need a reason to purchase a new console. Mike. Yes, sixty FPS gaming. On anyway, we'll, we'll get into that. Mike, Mike, can I just say, yes. I said yes. last week's show, which of course you would have listened to, that I Sweeney. <laughs> I know you didn't, Sweeney. If he sees it in the store, he's just going to buy it. Of course <laughs> he will. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that he was thinking about asking if it was there, if they said, hey, oh, you know, it's crazy. We've got a Series X here. The person didn't pick it up. They don't want it anymore. Oh, it's just nuts, isn't it? I reckon you totally. would have gone, Swinney. There was, and you, and there was that devil. There was that devil part of me that was tempted, but... You would I, definitely get it. <laughs> I held out. I held out. I think there's a short window that if you see it in the store in the next few weeks, you'll get it. And then it will pass. And then you, you'll go back to being like, no, no, I need a reason. I need a, an Elden Ring or something like that to come out for you to be compelled to buy it. He'll get um, it. The, un- the unfortunate part is I've got a good reason now, but I still don't think it's worth it, if that Ooh. makes sense. Okay. What's the good well, reason? Wait, wait, wait. wait. We'll get it? into that because I think I know what it is. We'll tease it oh, out in a okay. second. Okay, okay. Let's so, tease it Spinney, out. you did not get a new console. Mike, did you get a new console? I did. Yes. And then I'll just say for myself, <laughs> did I get a new console? Yes, I did. I don't know. Did I did get what a did new you console get? this week. Did you get that little Game Gear thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so no, did I. <laughs> the Nintendo Game & Watch. Yeah, the Game & Watch. I got oh, one of those too. <laughs> wait. I've got to pick mine up, so I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I read the so definition. I handhelds are technically game consoles, so. Wow. 
Yeah, it counts. It yeah. counts. Yeah. So I haven't. Uh, it was a really dumb move on my part. I went with my wife, and she's like, "Oh, is this for Christmas?" And I go, "Yeah." And then she just took it away. <laughs> so I didn't even get to really look wow. at it. I'm like, Why "Is it actually for Christmas? Are you gonna are, are you gonna use funny. it, or are you just gonna hold on to it and try to sell it for?" No, nah, I'm not gonna sell it. Like definitely four times more later. No, no, no. Actually, just on that quickly, it isn't even sold out in the states. So. Yeah. I think you'd be able to pick it up for at least price in Australia, like RRP. Hopefully. And I wouldn't be surprised if it starts to go down in price. Because I don't think it's really an item that people genuinely, like a huge amount of people want. But, you know, mm. the people who want it, I think, have been able to get it. But um, it's limited, right? Like, it is limited, limited, but I think, you know, limited... Yeah, you know how it is. It's like uh, with Last of Us Part 2. Like, the special mm. collector's boxes were limited... But They're still selling them now. Correct. It was like the yeah. supply and demand was wrong, right? So, it, it is limited. Definitely not like hundreds of thousands of units, but it, yeah, they didn't get that balance right. So, Well, I think it, it's also because, I mean, I love the game, but again, it, it relatively speaking flopped compared to what they thought it would. <laughs> no, it didn't. It didn't flop. How well, can you no, say the last of the parts that it, flopped? It's it like it, the highest selling <laughs> exclusive. Was it the highest selling I'm exclusive? Pretty sure it's the highest selling mm. exclusive, or at least like in terms of the pace that it was. I didn't mean. Sorry, I, I didn't. Let me clarify that. I didn't mean it flopped in the sense that it didn't sell. I think relative to what they thought it would have sold. No, I don't. Given the hype that. and everything of the original, no, it sold well. Like I have, gangbusters. I have a feeling Ghost of Tsushima probably sold more. Um, I probably just, did, yeah. yeah. No, you guys are nuts. What are you talking about? Oh, look it up. I, I look it up. A, we'll look it up. We'll I read a report up. the other day, but I don't know if it was excluding. I don't know if it was talking about new IPs. That or was not, talking about new IP. What you're talking about? Oh, it was okay. 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 Yeah. Right. That was very, well. Anyway, like, regardless, the it didn't best sell. on PlayStation Four. That was a new IP that's exclusive to Sony. Like, I'm like, that's a lot of hoops to jump through. Like, what are mm. they comparing it to? Like, Dreams? <laughs> like, come on. Like, what the hell? Yeah, no, I, I can't. I can't find the stats quickly on Last of Us Part Two. I'm pretty sure it's like no, that's fine. We'll look. It up. was the fastest selling exclusive. That's what that was. So, saying. so how come the collectors didn't sell? Because usually those things would go like hotcakes, especially oh, for a game that size. Supply and demand. You know, like if they, you know, made a little bit more than they were expecting given the sales of it last time, and then you know it just didn't click as well with people. It's pretty expensive that collectors. So you're telling me it didn't click and it didn't didn't sell as well as they thought it would? Is that what he's saying? Also, there's also edition. something called. <laughs> There's also something called a worldwide pandemic, so I think a lot more people oh, would have yeah. likely purchased mm. digitally versus physically. That's true. If they were to make well, that yeah. choice in the past, so. yeah, can't really true. purchase a digital statue. Yeah, but that game it was looked- controversial. I'll give you that. Like, critically and you know commercially, it was a huge success. But yes, like there was a small portion of the audience that was really upset with certain parts of that game. I don't know about small portion. It was yeah, a significant very chunk. Vocal. No, it's a very vocal, small portion. Uh, I don't know. Do you disagree, Swinney? I agree with you. I think it's a very, it's a very, very vocal minority. But they're yeah, very, See, very vocal. I, so I've had, I've had, mm, just trying to think off the top of my head, about five friends that have played it, out of which it's, it's a mixed bag. It's about half-half if I, you know, roughly split it out. Two people really didn't like it and two people actually enjoyed it as well. And I enjoyed it. Uh that's a very small sample size in terms of, you know, real world usage. You How many people actually like it or not? element of it is like people just... Because the game was so hyped up. Like, you know, they're talking about it. Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. List, you know what I mean? There was and then a it's huge like, well, element on, of that. Yeah, that yeah. great. It's, yes, a great game, but like, calm down people. I, I feel like there's a... 
it's almost like Australian style tall poppy syndrome is spreading throughout the world via Twitter. Like people just wanting to hate on things, to hate on it. Um, oh, look, I, 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 again, as someone who actually really did enjoy it, I, I can see why people did complain. Mm. It's not, I don't think it was completely baseless. Um, sure. I think massively exaggerated in some in- instances, but certainly not baseless. And it wasn't so much, you know, all the all the different characters that were introduced that for people who haven't played the game yet, I'm not going to spoil anything. It was probably the death of a particular character that I think rubbed well, that, a that lot of people. Well, that is a spoiler. <laughs> I mean, like, that is a spoiler. Well, no, no, because I didn't mention which one. It, it could just be a new character that was introduced <laughs> and then and then very death quickly killed enemy. off. Uh, it could have been an enemy. It could have been one of the, yeah, it could have been one of the, the primary enemies that just rubbed <laughs> oh, people the wrong God. way. So, <laughs> oh, that's funny. And I think that's, um, that was probably the key. And I want to, but anyway, let, I want to circle yeah, back. I want to circle back to Sweeney. Let's so, back, yes. like, what we because, like, one thing is, you know, as our audience knows, Sweeney is like one of the biggest fans of Assassin's Creed. And one thing that happened this week was the new game came out. You got it on launch day, which hello. is the twelfth, and you don't want to talk. Oh, well, sorry, it was like the tenth, I should say. And you don't even have your impressions yet. Like, I'm, I'm surprised. About Why not? This. I want to hear your so, impressions. Okay, so <laughs> I. Before I just get to Assassin's Creed, I just want to talk about I've kind of went a little bit crazy this week in return in regards to just <laughs> starting new games. And Oh, okay, unlike, so you might be threatening me then. Go on. So unlike you Intergot, I plan to finish all of these games. Oh, just, just putting that hey, out there. hang on. I started Alan Wake and I went through and finished it. <laughs> no, I know. I, I have know. been Ori. I hundred percent at Ori. Hundred percent. Okay, that's, that's an unfair that's No, I no, I definitely that was that was unwarranted. Um, so I they put um, Final Fantasy VIII remastered oh, on yeah. Game Pass PC, yeah, and so, that so cool. that's that's been that's I jumped straight in that already, kind of like about fifteen hours into that. I've been playing one of the classics, one of my favorite games of all time, uh, Grim Fandango re, uh, remastered oh, as well. Yeah. Yes, I have and, that on the Switch. Oh, I tell you what, really that good. game is still has probably the best dialogue and the funniest jokes of any game I've ever played. Do you reckon that game would click with me? Because I'm always debating about playing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'll play it then. And the thing is as well, um, with the remaster version, at least unless it was patched in later, um, they added mouse support, which is really cool. Well, uh, there wasn't mouse support before? (laughs) So Grim Bandoga was controlled with keyboard. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Which is fine, but... Um, I, so I'm kind of like I'm going to play it with a with the mouse, like a like a typical you know point and classic Lucas Arts. Yeah, so, yeah. so that's pretty cool. Um, the other game that I haven't played other than Assassin's Creed was um, that I have played, I should say, is Tales of Berseria. So after finishing Vesperia, I said, "Man, I've been staring at uh, Berseria on Steam uh, for ages, and I'm going to load it up. It's the it's the latest game in the series that came out in 2016." Um, so I've been enjoying that so far. I actually really, really like it. So that that's going to be a huge game. Um, that's going to take me a long time. Um, and it's very interesting because, you know, unlike Vesper, I haven't played through it before. And also there's no achievements or at least ones I care about. So it's, I'm experiencing completely just, um, you know, as, as the devs intended. So it's really cool. Hmm. Um, but that brings me to Valhalla. So hmm. the reason I don't want to give like a break, a long, big, segment about my impressions is because honestly i haven't put enough time into the game yet to really, really? probably unlock and see the game has a lot going on and there's a part there's like a prologue in the beginning where it's a pretty big 
map for the prologue mm. area. Um, so I spent so much time just doing a lot of stuff there. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm already like probably like 15 hours in or something. But the thing wow. is, I then moved, you know, got to England where the, the main game is set. And then it starts to unlock all the different systems about, okay, you unlock the kingdoms and the storylines and things. And it's, it, the game is one, there's a few things I will say. The game is very different than uh, the past couple of Assassin's Creed games. Well, it's built on those, on the foundations of those. This is a very unique game in a lot of ways. Mm. And the the other thing I'll say is um, they removed random loot, which is oh. really, really, I think, a good change. So while I'm, I do love me some RPG mechanics, of course, mm. um, I've always felt that the random loot was there to kind of, you know, it's Get there you were also, you know, in our in Origins, there were microtransactions. Mm. Yeah, there was like XP well. boosts or something, right? And they've removed that. Well, place a bit. Yeah, and but with um with there's no random loot anymore that I can see that you know, and I've looked it up as well. So that's I think a good change. Um, you still get you know equipment um and stuff from from chess and probably from beating certain characters and stuff. Um, and yeah, but is so that I random? Think, sorry, the the equipment you get in chess, or is it is it fixed in the I'm location? Not sure. I imagine it's probably fixed. But- I like that though, because I feel like it's more rewarding that you know that you go to a challenging area and the item that you get in there is a particular type of item and it's going to, yeah. you know, potentially be I'll, really good. Next Not week, when I actually drop. do a proper look at it, I'll maybe I'll have confirmation there, but I'm fairly certain it's it is uh, fixed. Okay. And but yeah, it's and I guess the other thing that really surprised me is um, that. So the way they, they handle the male and female version of Eivor, the main character, is mm. um, essentially you can swap at any time between them and they kind of have a narrative reason for it, which is actually pretty interesting. Or you can have it set where it kind of changes between them um, based on maybe it's like cur- curated, you know, it'll be like, okay, this is the female Eivor here and the male Eivor here. And honestly, the male Eivor's voice acting is really, really good. Um, it's almost the exact opposite, I feel, of... Uh, Odyssey, Alexios where, and yeah, Alexios and Cassandra. Cassandra was just like way better way than better, Alexios. Yeah. Um, I actually find the the male label uh, voice acting really, really good. So, how do um, you change characters? By the way, so so I, I started playing it as well, and I I picked the middle option where it automatically swaps between them. How, where do you even change it later? I haven't bothered yet. So but. when you're in the main menu, you can select. I think there's an animus option, and one ah. when you select that, it then has like change. I don't know if it's change appearance or something like that, or change okay, cool, uh, cool. stream or something. But yeah, I'll get into my my you know more detailed thoughts next week when I've actually mm. put a lot more time into it. But so far, I I really like it. And the one uh, last thing I'll say is that they've they've done some really really cool stuff with the way that what they call world events play out. So I'll I'll talk to that mm-hmm. next week. Yeah, nice, nice. And, you know, I've been smashing a bunch of games and I haven't actually played Rocket League saying. this week, amazingly. What? No. no. So Aren't I've, there some sort of the weekly challenges or something that you have to keep up with, though? No, but as you know, I had a whole piece on me breaking up with Rocket Pass, so I don't do any of that stuff. And I actually love the game so much more now. Yes, I do remember um, that, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, getting through Alan Awake. I, I started playing Crypto... Alan Awake. Okay. I always say Alan Awake. Alan <laughs> Wake. I don't know. Are you sure about... you played this game? No. It, it, it The obvious thing is like A-Wake. Like A... You know, Alan A. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's So, it's always of, in my head like that. Yeah. So, whenever I yeah. see it, I always think Alan Awake. 
So yeah, to me, Ellen it sounds Wake. like you're saying Eleanor, like the female Ellen name Eleanor. Wake. <laughs> Eleanor oh, <okay>. Wake. <laughs> Ellen Wake. And it's also, I think it doesn't roll off your tongue as well as Ellen Awake. Anyway, Alan Wake. Uh, got through that. That was a really cool game. We'll talk about it later. Um, Crypt of the Necrodancer. I finally started playing that. I think we mentioned it on the Bargain Bin a few podcasts ago. So I picked it up. And that game is so cool. Like, I don't know if you guys have played that game. Man, I'm so hooked on that game. It's like this roguelike, you know, music Beat sort of game. Music. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really, really cool. It's really clever. I always... Made it. Okay, I'll, I'll grab it next time. I always, Whenever I see it on special, I'm like, oh, I should get that. I should get that. But it, So, like, I, I want to get the Zelda spin-off. The um, Zelda spin-off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, like, a Zelda version of that game with, like, Zelda, you know, Link, Zelda, like, all the sort of, oh. like, a whole bunch of other characters from the Zelda universe. Hey. It's Cadence of Hyrule, so if you've heard that name, Mike, that's what that is. Okay, it's cool. Wh- yeah, and the actual yeah. like, name is, like, so much longer than that. It's, like, Cadence of Hyrule, Curse of the... Crypt of the Necrodancer, The <laughs> Legend of Zelda. I think that's what it's called. Or inspired okay. by The Legend of Zelda. Or something. It's, like, the longest title ever. Um, There's some really Is that on cool... Switch? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Zelda okay. one's only on Switch, whereas Crypt of the Necrodancer's on everything. There's some really cool uh, AGDQ runs of Crypto Necrodancer. So that's it, where I know most of my knowledge of that game. But. Yeah, it's such... You know how I love music, musical games, like music games? It Yeah, it's such a cool game. And yeah, okay. it, I, I think for most people, just get Crypto Necrodancer. You can get it so cheap. Whereas the Zelda one, you know, I love Zelda, so I'm happy to pay the premium. And it is a premium. Uh, I got through a bunch of Tetris effects because that came out on Xbox, um, Game Pass Ultimate, I already have it on the PS4, but I played the multiplayer version of it, the Connect um, Connected DLC. Mm. It's really, really cool. It's super cool. Like, it's quite crazy to think, to me, this is the absolute definitive version of Tetris, a game that's, like, so old that, it you know, they have updates that are worthy of playing, actually. The um, definitive version is still the Game Boy one, though. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, a lot of people would say the NES version. And Swinney, I know that you didn't even know about the hold piece and all this other stuff with Tetris. <laughs> what, do you mean? Actually... what do you mean? Didn't even know about the hold piece? Well, we spoke mean? about it and you're like, oh, well, the hold piece. Like, and I'm like, dude, that's been no, around the, for, the... forever. No, I know it's been around. I'm saying that's just, I don't like playing Tetris with the hold piece. That's Sorry. just hold my preferred, piece. My preferred... This... Way Dude, of playing there's a mode for you in the connected DLC where you play as like this old school mode and it looks like the NES, but with the crazy 3D graphics that Tetris Effects has and there's no oh. hold piece. You can't That's cool. pivot. That's good. You can't actually pivot the Tetraminos when they hit, like they, they just stick like the NES version. It's actually, it's super cool. Like I played through that as well. Like I was loving it. That That's, I feel like no one's talking about that game at all. It's such a cool game. Um, and then pro- the last two that I'll just mention, I finally started to get really into Minecraft because of the whole, uh, game of some other year, uh, 2011. And like, I didn't get Minecraft at all. I probably played it for like 10 or 15 hours previously, but the mm. game has now clicked with me and I'm like, oh man, I see the appeal of it. And I could yeah. easily see hundreds of hours evaporating in this game. It's so cool. Oh yeah. Did you play story yeah. mode or free play? Well, I think I've stuffed up because... Because I installed the RTX demo or like the beta for it um, on my PC. So it's like an all ray tracing version of Minecraft. But Mm -hmm. there's a known problem. If you go on the Xbox Insider version, it's really hard to get off it. 
Like you have to do these crazy things like go in the command prompts, issue commands, what? all this other kind wow. of stuff to try to get out of it. And it just doesn't work on my PC. I can't get out of the beta. So I can't get back huh. to the original version of it. So there's like limitations in the beta So you're version. stuck with RTX on now? Yeah, but then it's only certain worlds. <laughs> nice. So I'm actually thinking of just getting it on the Switch because I'd probably be more likely to be playing it just randomly. Hey, uh, I have it on the Switch and mm-hmm. I think performance is a bit of a an issue with it. And oh, really? something about the Well, yeah, I didn't I didn't enjoy it as much as I did on PC and I think keyboard and mouse just works so much better for a game like that. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I mean it's fine okay. and, and you know Swinny, you've been you played it. I remember ages ago we were playing it on on Xbox One, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And it works fine and a controller is not an issue per se, but it's just a little janky and I don't know if it's just the frame rate or or what it is, but it wasn't as nice as I thought it would be and it just put me off a little bit. That's not to say don't try it. Absolutely give it a crack. I just It's not the same experience as on PC. Mm. Okay. Well, I'll probably double my efforts to try to fix it um, and get back to the... And it's gotten a ray tracing. Mm. And then so. the last one for me <laughs> is... Um, I actually played Control on the Switch. On the, oh, wow. How's, what, how does that wait, run? How? And look. <laughs> Did you VPN it or what? No. So, I have a US eShop account and you just log in and it works. But it's... Huh. It's pretty, it's obviously going to be janky because it's Australia. Uh, and, you know, context is like, I have a very good connection, close connection to Sydney and then the kind of exit point out to the American pipeline. We, we should clarify for anyone who doesn't know, it's a streaming cloud version of the game. Yes. Yeah. So it's the cloud version. We talked about it, I think last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was only for the US, but I was like, oh, I might as well try it to see, you know, what it runs like. Cause it's going to be bad because it's streaming from the US. But uh-huh. having played it, I was like, man, this is kind of crazy. Like, if Nintendo no does release... No, no, there obviously is, right? But it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like, I was hmm. shocked. Now, I would never play a first-person shooter in, like, a cloud thing. But action games, there's, like, a whole bunch of games, like, Swinny, like, all RPGs and things like that. I think you can easily get away with it as long as there's a data center close to you. And then just looking at the Switch itself, like, if they release, like, a switch pro with 5g or something like that like it is super viable in my view now like it just it it feels really good on the switch like it actually shocked me like if you're gonna have a streaming platform it's probably the best streaming platform because it's i think it's gonna be far superior than your mobile um which we will talk about later with the x cloud streaming so yeah it's been a busy week there's other games that i played as well that i won't talk about i'm very impressed extremely mm. impressed see see what you can achieve when when you get off that perpetual cycle of just playing one game over and over again <laughs> okay wasn't well, i talking about something like this a couple of uh, a yeah, few sure. weeks ago and then yeah. you spoke about a Where, game huh? that just has one loop that's the same uh, game loop over and over so, again so what you're saying I, I understand the irony but i did point out <laughs> I, I did point out that it had it had an ending and i i limited myself to that so what, what you're saying, saying Intergot, Intergot had the had the power to end it all, and he, he did. He had the power <laughs> to end it all. He did, and he did end it all. You didn't get and the he feels so much ending, better so about it's not the real ending. <laughs> well, I think that's good timing on your part. So l- let's jump in to your hands-on experience with the PS5. Yes, quite quite literally, my hands-on experience. I had to fiddle with it and touch it and caress it and <laughs> sniff its plasticky odors all right so let, let, let's start off with with the the cliche 
which everyone's been talking about, and that's the size of the console. Mm. And you like so, context for the audience. You're like a you know not a short guy. You're like six foot or something like that. One hundred and eighty uh, yeah, something about centimeters, that. right? But you yeah, have yeah. massive hands, like and eight inches. Huge <laughs> well, yeah, my hands are pretty big. Huge hands. Well, I wouldn't like, say huge hands. Whenever we <laughs> see images of hands, they're significantly sized. Whenever yeah. we see joke images of big hands, we always say it's your hands because they are like disproportionately big. <laughs> well, the disproportionate depends on what we're talking about here. But yes, they're <laughs> okay. Go on, friendly. They're friendly. decent sized. I've, yes, I've never yes. had anyone friendly, friendly. complain about them. So, so. And look, I, 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 I am into small form factor PCs as well. So, mm, yeah, that's quite I, I try to sort of shrink as much as I can of the hardware that I have to get it as little as possible. So, this thing is, is definitely large compared to, the, to previous consoles that I've had. And it's been a bit of an issue in the sense that I haven't really even had a place to put it. So... I had to get this little makeshift stand thing to be able to to support the thing, uh, just so it can sit next to my TV. Because otherwise, I just didn't have anywhere to put it. it so, can I sort of ask? Are you yeah. putting it vertically? So you don't want to put it horizontally? Yeah, no, I put it vertically. So no, I tried horizontally, but it's just not enough room in my cabinet. I mean, it fits. Really? Just. Even horizontally? No, no, no. It fits. It fits. But I, I especially because of of building PCs and stuff, I'm very conscious of airflow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I see too, too many people just shoving their consoles into into a small cabinet with absolutely no airflow. The back of it is probably closed. Might have a tiny hole for the cables to run through, something like that. And it just, yeah, it rubs me the wrong way. I like to just give it proper airflow. Especially make sure that these it gets new consoles adequate. that just seem to have so much more going on in that space. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And look, I, I, it's been engineered, no doubt, to withstand stuff like that. I'm sure the engineers at Sony went, well, not everyone's going to be conscious of, of the amount of airflow they have on these things. We better design it so it's not going to you know, completely shut down or, or break because of thermal issues. But I just wasn't comfortable with that. So I just put it upright. Um, and it does look cool. And you know, we'll talk about the design aspects, which are subjective, but we can talk about that in a bit as well. Um, and I did see it compared to a series x which actually surprised me so the series x was smaller than i thought it would be in person the playstation is exactly the size that i thought it would be based on all the videos and stuff that i've seen you know when when you watch something on a video but you don't really i i didn't watch it in depth enough to sort of go oh look relative to the guy that's doing the the review it's about this size i didn't (laughs) didn't think of it like that i kind of just this mental model in my head of oh it's about this size and when i got it it was exactly the size that i thought it would be uh whereas with the xbox series x it was surprising when i saw it at the store in person it just looked smaller than i thought it would be for some reason it does look it's really compact it's amazing i actually think it's it's like a little chunky you know yeah unit router unit thing i don't know it's, yeah. it's fantastic i actually look i know we're talking about the playstation here but with the series x it blows me away the amount of engineering that must have gone into cramming all that into such a tiny relatively tiny form factor i mean when i think about my smallest small form factor pc granted you could probably argue it's got better performance in the series x but not by much it's still physically quite a lot bigger um, yes, it's got a better cooling and everything else, but physically it's 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 a lot chunkier. And when I think about how much tech and how much thinking must have gone into cramming all that into such a tiny little thing, it's it it's amazing. And it but sucks I mean, that of you course, don't have the benefit of creating creating your own 
chipsets to scale and you know like you don't work of course it's it's absolutely different yeah absolutely but i still think in terms of thermals and in terms of performance or or more so in terms of size to performance ratio it just blows anything out of the water it's amazing um and the only thing i can kind of compare it to is i guess the lego i don't we didn't really talk about this but i recently built my own uh pc out of lego and I was waiting for the the plugs. The the plugs, and it's not a plug because I'm not advertising anything. No, we, no one we knows. need plugs from you, not the other way no around. No one knows. <laughs> no one knows where I where where I host this you, or anything, or where you, my photos are. You're getting but, better reach than us, so you need yeah, to you know, give us <laughs> better reach. Oh, you guys want me to plug better you? Okay. I'm, I'm I'm randomly I'm plug- on Reddit and okay, <laughs> sure. bargain and stuff like that, and I'm I'll, reading blog posts plug- on the front I'll, page. I'll- <laughs> <laughs> So, so I made. But yeah, you build a, a you build a very cool so built, Lego I PC. Built a PC out of Lego, and I made it as small as I possibly could. I think with the parts that I had, and I guess the cool thing about Lego is you can you can customize the shape to to fit exactly the size that you want. And I couldn't really physically, given you know the size of the power supply and the way pieces had to be laid out, get it smaller than that. And I think it's still larger than the Xbox Series X. In fact, it definitely is larger. Um, and that's, you know, because I wanted to add a bit more cooling and stuff as well. So I just absolutely amazing job that the engineers at, at Microsoft did to be able to get something that small. But back to to the PlayStation, which is what we're talking about. It's not really that much bigger, right? It's, it's still the fact that you can play some of the games that I've been playing um, on a console that is still smaller than any PC that you generally get on the market is still mind blowing. All the tech that's still crammed into that is is just is just fantastic. So I'm not I'm not trying to say that Microsoft did a much better job, which in a way they did because I guess they got a much smaller console with roughly the same performance. Um, but the engineers at Sony also did a, a fantastic job with the actual unit itself. Um, so that's that's the size. A little bit big, but it's not really the end of the world. I think what's what's probably more important, though, to discuss, which might might affect some people as well, is the design. I personally like the design. I still prefer the minimalistic sort of design that that the Xbox Series X has, and that's probably because I'm getting old and I just like things to be a bit more simple. But the fact that the PlayStation has that, and Swinny, you you would probably love this in a way. It's got that sort of Mass Effecty aesthetics. That yeah, sci-fi-ish, I, clean. I, I, I think it looks cool. I just don't know if it... Like, I have to see one in person to see if I think the coolness outweighs, you know, it's the functionality, as you said, you know, in terms of, oh, I can put it this way and, and things like that. Um, from a from a look, I, I'm my favourite looking console is still the Xbox One X, no joke. Um, oh, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. SNES, although, really? although the SNES is... yeah. Yeah, if that thing I'm, is, I'm the same, it's yeah. crazy. Like, you look at it and it's just like... It's, it's just, just simple. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a black monolith. simple, but it's kind of like... Yeah, anyway, I, that that's, that's I, a separate thing. I, but I'm like literally I just going, to say, what am I like missing with this? This is just like a VCR, <laughs> man. Like, I really? Didn't, I didn't think that it's until I actually had got one in, in my hands in, in person when I first got it. Because um, I was, like I was the same. Design. No, it's just yeah, like, it's too, it's too just yeah. something about it is just so well made. But anyway, mm. um, with the PS5, yeah, like it definitely has that Mass effect look to it, which is cool. I do like I it. I think it's actually cool. Yeah, absolutely. I, it doesn't really fit with anything that I currently have in 
my place, mm. but then I'm renting and compared to my previous place where I actually renovated the whole thing and I did everything exactly what I wanted to down to the exact shade of gray on the wall with this place. It's like, whatever, I don't really care. It's, it's just the practicality of it. So I definitely have a different mindset now where design maybe isn't as important from an aesthetics perspective. It becomes more important from where do I fit this thing? And is it too big? And is the design a little too, I wouldn't say, uh, it's not so much that it's bulky. It's that it's just got none of the lines are straight on it. So when you get something like the Series X or you get something like the Xbox One, um, and I guess to some extent even the, the the previous gen PlayStations, you take it out of the box and you can kind of just put it somewhere and it's fine. You don't even have to put a stand. You don't have to really muck around with any of that stuff. I guess you probably do need to put a stand if you wanted the Xbox uh, One to sit uh, vertically. But... But with this, it's just every line is smooth and rounded and it's you need that specially designed, which I don't I didn't quite see the details of it, but you can see a lot of engineering just went into designing just that stand. Mm. And it it's 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 not a big deal. I mean it takes two seconds to really install that thing, but it definitely isn't the same same feel of I can just take this thing and just put it wherever and it fits horizontally vertically I don't really need to think about it too much there was definitely a hell of a lot more thinking that I had to do for this one because you you know one thing just like so for me personally I think the design looks really really cool like one thing that I do have an issue with I just think it's too big for all the setups that I have um and and, you know I do think I'll probably just wait for a revision that will be smaller yeah you know like gaming obviously has come a long way where it's not like you know judged as much as it used to be but there is still some level of judgment that i do find like even at work if the topic of gaming comes up it's a bit like kind of frowned upon to be honest and one thing that i wonder though is it like the design it's very loud right like oh yeah absolutely living room and because it's so you will see it you'll see it you know what i mean and i I kind of wonder you know not the core gamers but the people who are more in the mainstream if they look at it and they're almost you know, embarrassed is the wrong word, but it's kind of like maybe it would be a bit too much of a focal point for people. Yeah, do you, for some, do you for some people it would be. I, like I, oh, it's absolutely a focal point. If you walk into the room, well, actually, if you walk into the living room, the first thing you'd probably go, oh, that TV. But then you'd go, yeah, it's, there's, that console is kind of out of place. Yeah. And you absolutely would get that. But I mean, in the end, it's, it's your console. It's your house. Sure, it's your, sure. In what you just said there, do you reckon it's better or worse than the original George Foreman grilled PS3 design in that regard of it looking out of place. And because to me, oh. that is the worst looking like of the big consoles that design the PS3, the PS3 original, oh, the original PS3. I'd have to think about the worst ones and the best ones. I was just thinking about the best but, ones before. I still think the GameCube's the best looking console that I've seen, but it's so compact and just... go, go, going to like the PS5. I think the PS5 is definitely louder than the PlayStation oh, 3. I mean, even yeah. the fact that my dad had the original PS3 and he was fine with it just sitting there. Whereas the PlayStation 5, I don't think, I think it'd just be like, this is over the top. You know, like mm. I'm just kind of thinking about it through that lens. Like, I, I think it's mm. the loudest console. It depends like, on mainstream the... console that I've seen. It absolutely is. But I think it also depends on the aesthetics of your, the rest of your room. If, I could totally see this fitting in some really cool modern rooms. I could totally see this fitting in yeah. Commander Shepard's... In Commander Shepard's bedroom, yeah. <laughs> yeah his room. Next, next to his fish. But I never thought yeah. about that. Like, you probably... Some people care a lot about that style stuff. And, yeah, it's good. It's super loud. It's pretty dominant. Well, some people like, want really that, actually, when you think about it. 
It would be, but some people actually probably take pride in having mm, something like that. The, the complete opposite of what you just said, where mm. they, they do want to show something like that off and they, they like the uniqueness of the design. So look, it's, it's horses for courses. The reality is in the end, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the design when you look at it. It's not something I really care about. I, the last time I looked at my other consoles was so long ago that I barely remember what they look like if I was to really describe them in detail. Because once you set it up and, and that initial... Uh, hype or care about whether it's vertical, horizontal, yada, yada, yada. You, you just play the games, really. It's what it's there for, not for you to keep looking at every day. So I think, yeah, it's it's not it's not, not a real issue once you get over that part. Um, but yeah, amazing console in terms of overall, I think, in terms of design and, and what they've achieved with it. Mm. So why don't I talk about something else that is really amazing that I... I absolutely do love, and that is the controller. So I might, however, start with a few negatives just to get those out of the way. One of the biggest things that I've noticed, and I'm hoping it's either a weird user error or uh, something else that I, I don't know, wasn't set up correctly or whatever, but battery life really seemed to be bad on this particular controller. Now, I don't know if that's because it didn't charge properly, but to illustrate, I thought it had completely charged the batteries before I started playing Demon Souls, which I'll get into in a sec. I only got about two hours and 30 minutes out of the game according to the menu, which tells you how long you've been playing for, out of which, honestly, I reckon probably only about two hours if if that was actual gameplay because of a bunch of it was just sitting in the menus and stuff while I was getting coffee and whatnot. And then it came up with the warning saying my batteries were low. I've yeah. heard and things with this. I've heard that is really things. weird. So it's going to be interesting weird. to see where the consensus lands on it. But it is better than the 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 DualShock oh, Four. Which I never had hours. a problem though. Well, I never had an issue with with the the DualShock Four in terms of. I mean, yeah, okay. Compared to say, and this is this is completely subjective in the sense that I I never you know took took Excel out and, and jotted down exactly how many hours I got out of it and how much did it rumble versus didn't how much that i said at minis etc so it's completely unscientific but i find with the dual shock i never really had an issue i it came up i plugged it in it wasn't too bad with the xbox one because i use any loops i always had a steady supply where mm. i just swapped them out the moment it came out and i think because i use the xbox probably more than the playstation in fact i definitely would use it more than the playstation i would have noticed that a bit more but it was never an issue because you quickly swapped the batteries out sometime go charge another four of them and off you go i never really had a problem but with this you know two and a half hours just is is completely way too little now i have heard that maybe because i was asking a few friends about this who also managed to get their hands on the playstation and they said they didn't really experience the same sort of thing yes it's a bit short but they were still playing for quite a while and it wasn't as big of an issue so they said that it might be and for anyone listening, this might be useful. It might be that sometimes it doesn't charge properly when the PlayStation's in rest mode. Yes. I don't know that, if that's the that case. That seems to be a thing that people are talking I've about. I've gone through the settings because when you go to initialize the, the PlayStation, it does actually say, hey, how do you, what, what do you want the power settings to be? And I did the custom one where I said, let me charge the, let me use the USB and allow it controllers to be charged when it's in rest mode you can set all that up and it was definitely on and you can actually say it is doing it because much like the dual shock it flashes orange like the light that's around the the trackpad flashes orange when it's charging and it i definitely saw it do that so it wasn't 
Like I was completely stupid about it. So maybe it just stops after a while or something else weird is going on. Uh, in any case, it's definitely something that I've noticed. So I barely used it and I already had to charge it up three times. Or I think I was charging it yeah, up three I, times I think according to what it was saying. It seems to not be charging. Fully. It drops the charge or something. Something must be happening. Yeah. Because yeah. like everything I'm reading, like basically the worst case scenario, it lasts for four hours. And that's like playing Astro um, Playroom. With all the like, rumble features. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is over the top. So, it's either you've got a it's dud dual sense or it's not charging fully. I'll, I'll look it's into it. It's clearly user error. You're just not holding it right. <laughs> Obviously that. Well, actually, speaking of holding. So, the other thing about holding it is, again, because I'm talking about the negatives, not, not a major thing at all, but I might as well talk about the details. It's got this. So, it feels really good in, in your hands. And as we said, I do have big hands. So, it's fascinating. It. If it feels well to me, I wonder how it feels with people with smaller hands. Yeah, I reckon it's you know, too big for to... me because I've got smaller hands. And oh, I think you'll be all right. Have you? Once you try it, you'll you'll see. It's not yeah. like it's not it's not big for me or anything like that. It feels, in fact, it's maybe a little small. You'll probably like nothing... this is what it feels like for mere mortals to have a. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it it feels good in that sense. The the slight thing that is ever so slightly uncomfortable, but again, I'll get used to it. It's not a big deal. Is where the cutout, it's it's sort of got like a, a bit of, um, it's hard to explain, where, where your pinky sit, mm-hmm. there's something about it that, that doesn't feel, because it's not smooth, it's not completely smooth in that part. Yeah, it's, it's a bit it's sharp, sort of, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit sharp and edgy mm. in that bit. And so I didn't where, notice it's your, that. Where your pinky sits. Where my particular pinky. And again, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's, it's like, <laughs> in Japan, I could just imagine them going, well, no human hands can touch no these edges, so let's make it like design well and sharp. <laughs> exactly what probably happened (laughs) and look you you have to design these things it's not like it's not like i don't know a pair of earphones where they give you you know 10 different types of plugs that you can use for for all sorts of different ears these things have to work for everyone and not only does the engineering behind well first of all the engineering is amazing i've seen some teardowns of this thing and it's just mind-blowing the tech that they've put into these controllers but the the fact that they need to design these things to work for just about any hand size out there, that's amazing. And the fact that unanimously, pretty much everyone just says it's it's an absolutely fantastic controller just, just goes to show how well they've actually designed this thing. So so those are the negatives. I think it's not it's they're not deal breakers where the battery life's gonna be really annoying if that is a real problem, because two and a half hours out of a game is a is is sort of a little too much. But at the same time, maybe that's an incentive to put it down, go and do something else for a bit, and then come back and continue playing so you don't sit there playing the game for 10 hours. But some of the positives, which I think are more important and far outweigh the negatives, is first of all, it feels really good in the hand. It's extremely well built. The The closest thing that I would you know compare it with is obviously the DualShock 4 because it's an evolution of that but if i was to compare it to what was my previous favorite controller which is the xbox one controller which i think was to this day still the best controller ever made other than i guess now now this baby it's it just feels so well built the 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 plastic feels good um the the quality when you look at the details of of the way it's been put together the the gaps it's not it's not a Tesla 3 is all I can say. So I don't know if you guys have seen <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're not just memes. I've seen this in real life. So I've seen this in real life. I uh, we have a friend, we have a mutual friend uh, whose uh whose identity I won't reveal, but his parents own a Tesla 3. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, and whilst when when I was in it, um 
I, th- I think they're fantastic cars, don't get me wrong. You definitely notice the panel work. So yeah, I, I it's noticed like 80s panel, panel work. It's, 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 they it's, haven't gone through the generations yet. Yeah. So is it clearly better than a DualShock 4? Because that's my Oh, yeah, for me, kind of for me it absolutely is. Yeah, mm, it is. Okay. It's also weightier, which I, I prefer. Mm. I, I like, like the more fact premium. More premium in that sense, yeah. And I do wonder if that, that will cause people to have a bit more fatigue. And and one of the things that we'll talk, well, I might as well just talk about now, which is the rumble effects. Mm. Speaking of fatigue, I do wonder if in the long run, because of all the added rumble that this thing does, whether that will lead to a bit more fatigue in people's hands. I mean, that remains to be seen. So um, I've it, already seen quite a few reports of this in the case of people playing Call of Duty for long hours and stuff. But the one thing we need to flag right away is you can disable it. Of course, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But when you say but, disable but it, is it like binary, like it's on or off, or is it no, like you know full vibration sure. or like low? you can you can lower the vibration. So I forget, oh, you can. That's I forget whether it's Valhalla yeah. or, or Demon Souls, but most games that I start, I, I tend to go through the settings and sort of see what's available. And and one of yeah. them had the ability, and I think a lot of games, not a lot of games, but I have seen games in the past where you can. There's a slider usually that has the rumble feature, and do you want it super strong or very light? And you can probably you know, take it down a few notches and, and mitigate some of that issue. Um, so so but, just with the with the dual sense, like, and just linking yeah. in with one of the games, did you play Astro's Astro? Playroom? Yes, which is kinda like, that was the fr- first yeah. thing I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it, how it is, was it? It's like, it's like what they say. Again, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. mean to be a cliche. I'm sure yeah. a lot of people that are listening to this have probably heard this a million times already. It, it feels great. Um, mm. It Look, it wasn't as mind-blowing as I think some people made it out to be, but it absolutely is an evolution of the the current controller. It felt really cool. Just the effects of of pulling things, the different the different materials when you walk on different on on different types of surfaces, it definitely feels different and it feels really really good. And not just the rumble, but the triggers as well, which I guess falls into a similar category. They're actually it's got a, it's got an, how do I explain it? So, so traditionally you've got normal triggers like you'd have on the switch, which is basically digital. It's on or off. Then you've got the analog that you have on, on the DualShock 4. You've got on the Xbox, you know, 360, Xbox One, etc. that are analog. So you can control how much input you want to have. And then you've got this, which is, is nuts. It actually controls how much of the force behind the trigger so it feels like it's you're actually pulling a trigger. So I haven't played COD. That's one game that I didn't grab because um, you know me and those kind of games. We've spoken about this before. I would love to see what it's <laughs> like though, and whether they've implemented different trigger feels for different guns because it, it's it's actually really incredible. So from what I've heard, that is that it will have different resistances and definitely based on on the weapon types, but. I, That's amazing. Though. That is the it is, but it is the one case where, so far, the biggest example where I've heard people just turning it off because I can imagine, yeah. It, when you're talking about people that are super into that stuff, um, it's almost like, well, it's more resistance. It's, you know, it's against exactly, their input, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, and it's you, like cool feature, but like I can also understand why people wouldn't want to actually use it. Yeah. yeah. Well, this that, is kind of that, it. That's like, you know, with Smash, I turn off vibration and rumble because mm. it, it interferes with the way I play it. But that, that makes it less immersive. But I think for the mainstream audience, you know, the fact that you can have this crazy thing of the gun, you know, in a game could jam and then the actual 
the actual you can't trigger press the trigger, right? is like yeah. so much harder. That's, you know what I mean? That's amazing. Like that's that's cool. Like that that it is really cool. Really yeah. simple things like that can bring out a level of immersion in a game that you know, and then add it to something like VR in the future when they finally announced and released PSVR two. It's I don't know. It's pretty cool. That kind of stuff. It's a way deeper experience than than what you currently have. Absolutely. I could see it working really well um, in a game like Far Cry 2 in along those lines where the gun would jam in the game mm. itself um, or break and then sick. suddenly, yeah. Or, oh, there's a lot of uses for or this. Or like a weapon breaks, you know, in in, a, in, in your Demon Souls or something like that, you know. Um, I'm not sure how that will stuff works. So yeah, I wonder if they've implemented that actually. I'll, I'll have a crack. I, I, I don't recall that Demon Souls, which I'll talk about in more detail, actually implements the force as much, or maybe I just didn't. I wasn't conscious to it doing it. So now that I that I that you mentioned it, I might actually give it a crack and see if it feels different. I mean, the vibrations certainly feel different. And I'll go. I'll go into that in more detail. But there's other games. So so well, well, just it, on Astro's Playroom, how far did you get yeah. into it? Because that's I didn't get that's super one game far I'd because... be super keen to play. Uh, I didn't get super fights. It's one of those games that I think I will definitely finish. Not yeah. just because of... I, I don't think it's gimmicky per se. I mean, it's definitely a tech demo in that sense. It, they've done... You can tell it's it's designed to showcase everything about hmm. the PlayStation from, I think... Don't quote me on this. Uh, the ray tracing it probably has. Oh, I wouldn't yeah, be surprised if, if it doesn't. Um, obviously, the controller, everything about it from from the gyros to to the rumble to the triggers, it's it's all there. Uh, but it's actually a really fun experience to play, so no doubt I will actually play it. So I, I did the intro bits, um, and then I had to move on to the other games, which I'll, which I'll talk about as well. I saw well. that there's a level called uh, SSD Speedway, which is pretty cool. <laughs> oh, the SSD, yeah, well, should talk about the SSD as well, remind me, because that's one thing that, that, again, people talked about, and I did notice it, and, and, and it is quite amazing. Just really quick, quickly back on the triggers and the rumble, one of the things that I think would be interesting to see how it gets implemented is in a game like Gran Turismo. Um, if the gyros work on that to be able to steer the car, that would be really interesting. And the fact that if you have ABS switched off, um, you can lock your brakes and having that sort of tactile mm. feel of locking your brakes would be really, really fascinating. So I play with ABS off in games like Forza and you have to really feather the trigger or the brakes so they don't completely lock and then you just go straight into a wall. And having that actual tactile feel to be able to to better tell where that point is, where they start locking up, would be amazing. I think it'll just be a completely different experience. So well, I'm really yeah, keen on it. Like, it's such a cool point. Like, And I know you're a huge racing, like more sim kind of style uh, fan. I like and, both. I like both. Well, yeah, yeah. But you're very good at the sim stuff. Like you turn everything off and you still smash us. But... um. You know, like, you're right. Like, imagine, like, that is really cool. Like, even the clutch and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, they could actually implement it in a really different way that you haven't seen in gaming before. So, it, it's just... Really, really interesting. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like ultimately it still will come back to first-party games will probably take advantage of a lot of these features. And yeah. then third-party, I think they're all just going to go, look, it's unless it's really easy to do, it's just all too much to do something that's too different to the other platforms. That's a good point. Well, I'm hoping the APIs and, and the support that they provide should should be good to mm. the extent that it, it shouldn't be too hard to implement this stuff. So, what other the games um, did you play on it? So, so well, good segue. So, I played... I don't know how to break this down, but I can probably break it down into into four types of games that I played, and then I can go into the details of How many games did each. you get on this thing? <laughs> <clears throat> well, 
Well, I'll, I'll tell you why I got multiple games. I'll explain that in a sec. But the four types are as follows. So I got Valhalla on PS4, wanting to see what it's like to get the free PS5 upgrade. And also because it was $10 cheaper. So basically, you get a PS4 copy. And in the case of that, I think Legion also has it. Far Cry 6 is going to have it. You can just use a PS4 copy and you mm. automatically get upgraded to the PS5 version of it. And if you want to save some money, that's probably a good way of doing it. Maybe some resale value because there's more PS4 owners, so maybe there's a bigger market for it. Plus, PS5 games are still relatively expensive in most oh, cases, yeah. although in the case of Valhalla, it was only 10 bucks more, so it wasn't a huge deal. And I did manage to pick it up for 61 koala bucks, which that's Valhalla, which is nice. fairly cheap when you think about it for what is technically a next-gen game given the free upgrade. Compared to Demon Souls, which was $109, and I just went, you know, screw it. I need to play this game. I paid that, no problem. And that, that oh, was like 109 on... Dude, that was that's the cheapest cheap. price. That's the that's cheapest, cheapest price, price you can get. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like normal, they're like 120 They're 125 <laughs> yeah. I think. 125 RP, yeah, at, at EB Games. I just price matched it's, it. This really is a next generation, isn't it? Well, but again, it's... They're, they're, uh, well, I wouldn't say they're the... <laughs> they're not they're not so much uh the exceptions because there's other games at that price but a lot of the bigger titles were cheaper than that well so. I, I think one thing though i think what is happening in australia and this is more the australian context us pretty much all these big games are going up by ten dollars so they're going from 60 mm. to 70 dollars whereas here because our currency has moved and fluctuated versus when the ps4 and xbox one came out I think they're using this as a bit of a hard reset on pricing in Australia for these big titles. Absolutely have, yeah. Well, we've yeah, been lucky so, in the past. There's so many games yeah, that were correct. coming out at release for $69, which well, is like, what, 40-something US? You got Valhalla for 61 yeah, koala 61 bucks, as bucks, you said. Yeah. That's 45 US dollars. Yeah. People in the States, if they hear that, like... I know, right? Know, How are you going to that? For yeah. 45, they're like, what the I hell? I mean, it's granted, like... it was it was a slight loophole and JB sure, had that but... deal on and yeah, there was an upgrade and everything. But still, yeah, you know, sure. you're playing an, a, a next-gen game yeah. for 45 US dollars. Yeah. It's a rude awakening, man. It's good. like, it's another thing that just makes me nervous about next-gen. It's like, I feel like the games are going to be pretty much standard $90 Australian. Oh, I think they will be. Which at is least, still probably cheaper than the States, amazingly. Kind of is, but but I think what and and we are paying an extra koala tax as well because an extra ten US dollars is not an extra twenty five dollars in Australia, you know maybe an extra not even twenty dollars right given the exchange rate they've really added all that extra to this that it's it's just a little too much I think even when you take GST into account and all that yeah it's true um, I don't know what that's gonna whether that's going to impact sales. Uh, yeah, we'll see how all of that pans out. I mean, there's not enough games at the moment to really to see the big impact anyway, and well, there's, there's looking, not enough people who have a PlayStation Five. Do we, so. do we know what um, uh, the like Sackboy? Like, I'm just seeing another first party title that's not a uh, Astro, which is a pack in, or Miles Morales, which I think was already priced slightly lower. Yeah, that's um, lower as well. Sackboy yeah. was priced lower in the states as well. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. So Demon's so Souls is was... kind of the exception to that, everything, isn't it? At, at the moment, moment, I feel like that's the at exception. The uh, no, but... no, 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 no. So just on that, they, they've said that's going to be the standard price for their big games, like yeah. the God of Wars and things like that. Yeah. And then okay. they're going to look at it title by title. So things that are maybe a lot easier to get up and running, they're going to price a little bit lower. That makes um, sense. But they actually were debating, like there was a really good article uh, recently uh, with Gamasutra where they were debating about making it more expensive 
than the ten dollar increase. Wow. Yeah, yeah, they were debating seventy five or eighty US dollars. Is that because they're worried that loot boxes and all that stuff won't fly in a lot of regions anymore, and that they have to actually I think make their money from the initial <laughs> yeah, sale as opposed the, to trying know, to? The other thing is, like, I mean, the reality is the development is more expensive. You cannot say it's yeah, not. of course, absolutely, so, yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah, yeah. you need way more people. The tech's more expensive. Engines are more expensive, etc. So Valhalla, you got so, you got Demon's so, so I got Valhalla, which because I wanted to see the transition, and I know Swinney talked about it in some detail. I haven't gone quite as far as you. I definitely, it looks fantastic, obviously, as you'd expect. It definitely looks like it's a, it's an extra title. It runs at sixty frames on the PS5 at four K. At least it seems to be four K. The resolution's really high, um, and I was quite pleased with it. So I I, I played origins and i played odyssey not as not nowhere near as much as you did obviously swinney um so i can't comment on how much different it is but the game felt good it, it kind of maybe in a way disappointingly felt exactly like i thought it would mm. but i think once you get more into it 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 it, it should it should be a pretty solid game, absolutely. I mean, it's it, you know, it's it's Assassin's Creed. They've been pretty solid games for a while. The only thing that I personally find, and maybe that's because I'm a little more time poor, is I got overwhelmed by that game. Even just like you said, the starting area was so big that I that I got deflated and overwhelmed. And in the back of my mind, I'm sitting there thinking, man, I don't have the time and the hours required to really do this game justice. And it sadly actually put me off the game a little bit so and one thing that i'm i'll talk about next week um will be the changes that they've really made to how exploration works and i think it's actually okay. for the better in that regard to what, exactly what you're saying so, okay cool cool yeah. i'd be keen to to to, to and, hear and just that. going to oh you know maybe the... let me on the podcast maybe i can talk about it as well Who knows? <laughs> just going to the next gen features so sweeney yep. did you notice load screens in valhalla on the one x uh, yeah, of course. But Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed's always strange in the sense that the whole game's open world. So if you're just if you don't fast travel anywhere, you're not going to yeah. see a load screen. It so as soon as you yeah. fast travel somewhere, you see a load screen. But generally, like, so it's kind of a weird test case for that. Um, yeah. So like loading the game up, you'll yeah. see it, all that kind of stuff. But if you're just yeah. going around exploring, not so much. And, and then, Mike. Did you Look, feel I, I don't know how to, so so that's the thing. I think I think it's that quote from from Futurama when Bender meets God and God says something along the lines of you can be sure you've done things right when no one notices you've done anything at all. I think that's so applicable to this because I did not notice loading times. I think it's so fast that but did yes, you fast it loads travel some anywhere? stuff. Did you fast travel? No, I didn't fast travel yet. So, so I need Sorry. to I need to try something like that. But just loading into the game, loading into things, yeah, starting, yeah. you know, loading the game up again was so quick. And I'll talk about Demon Souls in more detail, but that one I did notice because consciously in the back of my mind, I was trying to remember how long it would take other similar games. I don't remember Demon Souls on the PS3 clearly enough to remember the loading times, but I do remember it had significant loading times. But it's so fast just going from the nexus to to another going through one of the stones of back it's crazy fast and especially given what it needs to load and when you look at the the textures that are being used and the geometry of the levels it's insane how fast this thing loads absolutely insane so so with Valhalla, I'll go back and I'll kind of do some fast travel just to to see how that works but it wasn't it wasn't anything that was noticeably 
needing to load. It's very snappy, which which is fantastic. Anyway, that's. Do, do you guys have anything else in terms of Valhalla that you wanted to talk about? Or can no, I'm just interested in board? what other games you played and definitely. Right. Game so the next one but... I tried was the other thing I wanted to try is just to see what some of the the previous gen games. So you guys would probably, in fact, I'm sure you know. You there's a selection of um, I don't know off the top of my head. There's about twenty odd 20, titles. There's twenty, yeah. Twenty. There you go. Perfect. That was a guess. Um, twenty odd titles from PS4 that if you've got PS Plus, which I do, you can play for free. Mm. And well, I thought how that you can add to your your account. You actually, that's right. You add them as to your account. That's right. You can always play them, and you can play them on your PS4 now as well. That's right. Yeah, which is kind of weird because you have to add them, and then you have to download them whereas you think you just download them but they're not you actually just add them as as games to your account yeah <laughs> and and i was and, going to talk about this later in the bargain bin but we'll do it now i actually yeah. this is really sneaky but i might get you or maybe when i'm in melbourne to for me to log into your ps5 because one thing mm-hmm. that we've all found out now is that you can only do this on the ps5 itself you cannot do this through the web app or ah, through the app or anything. So if okay. I log in with my account on your PS5, I can add those 20 games to my profile. Wow. And then nice. they'll be on there and I can play them on the PS4. Okay. <laughs> there's a couple you of games. Like Persona, if it's not breaching anything, why that, not? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I haven't played before. So I'm like, oh, I might do that. That's a real sneaky Well, that's trick. the thing. I haven't. Yeah. I never played God of War. Shame, mm. shame, shame. Uh, Days Gone. Uh, Detroit. I've actually got physical copies of all of those games, and I've never played them. Some of them I still shrink wrapped, which is a bit stupid. Yeah. So well, I, yeah. I'm anyway, so I thought going, hey, I might sell them because you know what I mean. What am I ever going to well, use them for? Then? Exactly. Yeah. Well, I traded some games for the the for the PS5, and I don't remember. I think God of War may have been one of them. I think Detroit may have been one of them. I, I traded some of those games, thinking exactly that. What's the point of keeping them when I can get rid of them for like forty bucks? So. Anyway, so Bloodborne was the next one that I thought I'd try. And it's interesting because I don't know if there's a performance mode or something that I wasn't seeing or they'll patch it up later. That ran at 30 frames. Yep. So it didn't really feel next-gen-y to me can or anything. I, can, I, can I just talk about this a bit? Um, yep. So obviously Bloodborne's part of this PS, collection, PS Plus collection, right? Mm. But... People just automatically assume Bloodborne is going to run at 60 frames a second and then getting disappointed is ridiculous. No, I never uh, assumed that. But, no, but I, I think it's a, I think it no, is a I little bit disappointing assuming, that they haven't unlocked it, right? It like, was no, disappointing no, for that game, yeah. No, so the thing is, people assuming it would be the case, I think is ridiculous because we know that from software games, generally, like, you know, we talked about, you know, Dark Souls 2, like, a lot of the, like, there's yeah. work that needs to be done there. So unless they've come out and actually said... We are we patch this game and it's going to unlock it. Blah blah blah. I think to just assume it's going to run at sixty. I think well, but I think it's a safe assumption for for the average person to make. I mean, we know Bloodborne and a lot of from games, even down to the fact that you know there was that issue when it went to sixty frames that equipment was degrading quicker because some of the obviously some of the calculations and stuff are based on the frame rate or some weird thing like that was going on but the average consumer wouldn't know that the average, average consumer, consumer i think here's that like i think i'm talking about people that actually should generally know what they're yeah talking about. look maybe those oh, people yeah, yeah. yeah but anyone kind of that. just going hey i got this free game called bloodborne i'll, I'll check it out they will kind of expect because the general consensus i think on on the internet seems to be the PS5 will run your PS4 mm. games 
much better unless it's got a locked 30 frames. And this obviously has a locked 30 frames because otherwise it should have it should have potentially run faster. So I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't disappointed or anything like that. I purely did it because I wanted to see what was there. And again, maybe there's an option that I didn't see, but somehow I doubt that. I think it's just they haven't patched that up yet. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do bother patching that. But I don't think it's as simple as, hey, let's just unlock the frame rates and put it to 60 frames. Because again, there's certain things and animations and stuff that are are bound to the frame rate that the game is running at and you can't just muck around unlocking that because you might run into a whole bunch of issues so there's all sorts of testing they need to do but it would definitely be something that i would love to revisit at at 60 frames um only because whilst i'd love to go back through bloodborne again i don't have that incentive when there's all these other games but if it ran at 60 oh boy you know that could be a really interesting experience just seeing what it's like when it's a lot more fluid now, that brings me to the next game, which was God of War, that I thought I'd also test. So, I played it in the past, but I didn't I didn't get super far into it. Not because I didn't love it, because it's an, it's an amazing game. I just had too much other stuff to play. This actually has a performance mode at 60 FPS. It is only 1080p, and you definitely notice the difference. So, going from... Uh, from what I assume is a full 4K or 1440p upscale, I'm not entirely sure what it uses natively at um, at the higher fidelity setting, but you do notice that drop in resolution going to the to the 60 FPS performance mode. However, it more than makes up for how fluid the game becomes. Do, so, do we know if that performance mode was, is new to? It being I playable on PS5, or if it's the just PS Pro's options that were there for that. That's a very good point with this particular one. I don't know. Okay. I remember seeing some video about it, but I don't remember exactly what the details were. Whether it's 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 something that you're right or was already on the Pro. I have a feeling it might not have been. And pardon to anyone listening that is now jumping up and down, screaming, "You're an idiot! You haven't looked into this." It might have it but i feel like it might not have had that solid 60 fps but i don't i I don't know i'd love to actually look look it up after this but to me personally the the option was ps4 ps4 pro it's because of the pro that had had it yeah and it's really like a lot of these things i think it's more dependent on did they have an uncapped frame rate version of that mode so any game that had like an uncapped frame rate mode will just run in backwards compatibility and then it will just amp it up. Cap at 60, like, yeah. yeah. Whereas like what Swinny was saying earlier, some of the games they tested and they're like, yep, sweet, we can have a solid 30 FPS, let's just do that and yep. not even allow it to be uncapped. So it's yeah, a lot that of work sense. to uncap it. I mean, I get people are annoyed, but it's not free. It will cost them a lot of money to go play test it, do all that kind of stuff. Oh, of course sure it would. Yeah, absolutely. Possible. Yeah. And that's this like, again, I think going back to the equipment degradation thing and I, I, I don't know if that's exactly what caused it, but it might be related to something like the frame rate. The fact that some weird little glitch like that can happen as a result of going between 30 and 60 is fascinating. There's all these other things that could happen as a result. Um, but personally, I, I and you know, if you look at if you look at someone like Digital Foundry, I think they echo thoughts like this as well. 60 FPS at a lower res still feels better than. 30 FPS is at whatever res you want to give me. And that's so, really because the ghosting and the blur you get at 30 FPS, at least on my TV, and I'd imagine it happens on a lot of other TVs, is far worse than going slightly lower resolution, but it runs smoothly at 60. So that's a beautiful segue because I wanted to ask you both and then, you know, loop back, I guess, where I land on a bit. You know, mm. 
you, I guess there's three modes or three divides where one is you like, are you the kind of person that always goes to performance mode? So it's like always maxing yes. out the frame rate or maxing out the look and feel, or is it depending on the game? So where look, do you land on that, Mike? So I, I can't think of specific cases to say, does it depend on the game? All I know is given the choice, by far more often than not, from memory, I would always go performance. Always. Yeah, so you'd rather like 1080p. Oh yeah, absolutely. 60 Just, FPS. Than yeah, 4K even even 30. on my four on my 4K TV. So yeah. I guess it also depends. Do you have a 4K TV or not? If you don't have a 4K TV, then it's a no brainer. Just go performance mode in most cases. And if you don't know that there's that higher resolution that's got higher fidelity at uh, at the 30, and you you're not you know I get if you're ignorant to that, then you're always going to enjoy 60 FPS more in that sense. But going between them, yes, you do notice that the certain graphical things that had to that have to be reduced from from that to performance mode. But again, personal preference, the ghosting that's introduced by 30 FPS, at least on my TV, and I think it would happen to a lot of people on a lot of people's TVs, is way worse, I think, than any resolution drop because you might get a lower res, but oh, sorry, a higher res. But if your screen is a smear fest every time you you pan the camera you kind of don't really achieve anything in the end Mm. it's beautiful at on a still like if you're just looking at a still image or if you're not moving your character around absolutely amazing looks way better at 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 the higher resolution but and it probably has added effects that they've had to tone down and, and turn off or reduce on performance mode but it doesn't make up for it unfortunately because most games there's movement and with movement it's just so much more jarring. And again, I realized that, you know, if, if you asked me this question maybe five, ten years ago, 30 FPS, perfectly fine. Yes, I appreciated 60 FPS, but a lot of games were running at 30 and my brain just adjusted that and I put up with whatever, you know, things my TV couldn't handle. But now that you can consistently get 60 FPS on a lot of games, and especially if you play on PC and, you know, you get minimum 60 on a lot of stuff, it's hard for your brain now that it's been so privileged this entire time to go back to 30 and, and enjoy that experience. It's just jarring. It's, it's really, really annoying and crap. And, and um, where, where, where do you land on it, Swinney? Uh, there is no exception performance every time. Oh, oh yeah. I'm <laughs> kind of surprised. I, I thought you would have been like maybe dependent on the game. I've talked constantly about my disappointment that we weren't already at 60 at a minimum for this for last gen. Like I, yeah, I'm listening? always. I'm, and I got the come on, man. now. <laughs> if you this multiple times on this podcast, no, no, I no, will. Wait, wait, wait. Let me address that. I feel like it's a debate. So Jesus Christ, man, listen to this podcast, will you? <laughs> no, but I think there's also like, hey, would you want something that's like 1440 at 60 versus 1080 at 120? So you, right. that's what? what I was about to get to. So if okay. you then start talking about anything beyond 60. That's where I'm not sure because I've never yeah. played any games. Uh, at yeah. that. No, no, but, but we're talking. In, but we're not talking. We're talking about thirty sixty, not sixty one. Yeah, so that's why that's why I had two parts to things. my answer. No, no, I'm not but talking thirty sixty. I'm can... talking about like how you want to dial it in, like in general. Like, do you want my answer? answer? Okay. <laughs> do you want my answer? <laughs> yeah, go on. All right. Yes. So I haven't played any games beyond sixty frames per second ever. Oh again. God, you haven't broken your the sixty cherry. Jeez. <laughs> So my point was, I can't actually talk about whether or not mm. I would feel that the jump beyond that is worth Fair it enough. because I haven't experienced it. But I haven't. I don't think it's it's 
worth it if it's massively reduced in, yeah. in like so, so if you've got 1440p at 60 and then 1080p at 120 unless you're playing something that's super twitchy i i don't see the real point right you, you see, 60 is a beautiful cap that already is very smooth and tvs handle it beautifully that you don't get a huge benefit from yeah, so the only the only thing i have to compare is 60 and below and like we talked about before where um you know, just it blew my mind. You know, one of my most underappreciated games that we talked about, um, I think it was last episode, okay. was was uh, Crime Killer on the PlayStation and mm. that run a nice move 16. It blew my mind then. And ever since <laughs> playing uh, F-Zero X on the 64, which I think was not quite 60, but it was pretty close off, off, off the top of my head. But um, it was like, Ever since then, um, whenever something hasn't been sixty, I've been really disappointed. When it felt like it should have been, yeah, mm. yeah, and it is, is really thing disappointing is- that this generation isn't like sixty by default. Like, there's been this hyper obsession about four K yeah. to the point where even Sony said that maybe down the track they'll look at fourteen forty as a resolution. But given that they're not in the monitor business, and really fourteen forty is a computer monitor resolution, it's a completely computer monitor. Like yeah. to me, like I would have loved if they said. Hey, fourteen forty uh, at sixty is like the standard. And, yeah, because you know, it's a good middle ground. Four K, you barely even yeah. can tell the difference. Like even the Digital Foundry, which is like just such a niche but awesome YouTube channel um, hmm. and group, I guess you could you could, yeah. you could say it. Like even they say pretty much the checkerboarding and the upresing and the you know the AI supported stuff that you can do there. It's sort of like pretty hard to tell even in stills. And now when you put it in motion, you really find it very very difficult to tell the difference but yeah you know for me like just just going back to the question it's like you know i I think it if it's a real twitchy game like you're saying mike you know like shooters rocket league stuff like that i will always sacrifice everything to make the frames max out so like of course yeah i have 180 um hertz monitor and i'll ramp it up to 180 rocket league like i wouldn't say that's what i mean that's that's as you said, it's specific to the game, right? Rocket League yeah. is a game that you don't need. It's not about the graphics. You could literally yeah. have the ball not even with no textures on it and the entire arena with no textures on it, and it's effectively the same game. But if you play a game that is about the graphics and part of the experience is the graphical fidelity, then it's a totally different question, I guess. Yeah. So, and but this it kind of like reminds we landed, me... like landed in the same spot, actually. Which I think like, so, yeah. 60 is like... It will always switch to the 60 mode oh, yeah. if they have it, you know. Absolutely. I wouldn't... Yeah. I, and and in well, I'd, it'd have to be a real exception where it just it's so bad for whatever reason on performance mode at 60 that that you kind of put up with the 30, but it, it'd be mm. super rare. But I think it's this just reminds me of, of when you see when you see people that play... I, I remember in games like... Oh, my gosh. What's the... Uh, Daisy. And people would actually lower the resolution... And lower the, it's not the resolution, sorry. They'll lower all their settings as much as possible to get rid of foliage, to get rid of all those elements that gives them an advantage. Because in games like that, if people begin to play them competitively, it's not so much about the graphics anymore and the immersion. It's about, I need to see the dude I'm trying to kill as easily as possible. And if that means lowering all my settings wait, as much as possible, wait, did you I'll mean go PUBG? PUBG as opposed to DZ? I think both of them. No, I, I both. I mean, it's well, what PUBG, do you mean yeah. both? <laughs> uh, no, it's in. It's in. I remember it from the Daisy days when when I played Daisy, and I remember those memes and those. Okay, those okay fair enough, up. Fair enough. 
Um, People surely say Day Z in Australia, yeah? Do they? I don't know, because it's a New Zealand game, technically, isn't it? So it's well, they say Z there as well, by the way. Z, bro. It's DZ. <laughs> All right, are we gonna get to get Demon Souls? I think it's time to get. Yeah, bro. Okay. Let, let, let's get the Demon Souls and wrap Souls, it up, bro. Yo, yeah, bro, it's the best, bro. So, have so you played Demon the PS3 version okay. of Demon Souls? I, I have. So, okay. I am like like Swinney. I absolutely love Souls-like games. And again, we're going on some tangents, but it's related because it's about Souls-like games. I have been recently playing through the Surge Two, which. Funny enough about talking about the frame rates, I don't know if you noticed this as well, Swinney. It runs at a variable frame rate with a bunch of screen tearing, relatively low textures on an Xbox One X. Like, I feel like it's an enjoyable experience, but if you really think about it, it's really badly optimized for that console. Really, really badly optimized. I was actually um, I was actually shocked. I thought when I jumped to it, it'd be 30. Um, so I was actually pleasantly surprised. So I was the opposite. It's variable, which yeah. is why I guess it introduces screen tearing and stuff like. It's not. It's not. It's not a big deal. I actually think it's great. But for a game like that, that I think graphically isn't mind blowing, running on an Xbox One X, you'd think they could, you know, get it pretty close to locked sixty as opposed to doing what they did. So I feel like it does certain things. It's, it's last gen. I mean, we knew. We know oh, that the devs yeah. were just. They just. They either couldn't do it or they just didn't want to put the production time. Maybe they just didn't bother doing the production. But you know what? Who cares? It's an amazing game. Love it. Um, I know you're giving me shit because I haven't finished number one. I got to the very end and I never bothered finishing it. Sorry, I think my partner just got home. So you're going to hear some background noise. Can I go on mute for a sec while you guys chat? And I'll just go and stuff. So, so Swinney, let's talk about uh, our experience with the PlayStation 5. Yes. Uh, actually, I, actually looks... can I can I talk about one thing? So, I went to my little source at EB Games, and they were able to confirm uh, how many units were sold in the store of the PlayStation Five and the Xbox Series X, which I don't think they're meant to speak about, but they did anyway. Uh, do you want to any, make any guesses? So, this is at a store that's like, you know, it's not the biggest store but it's not like one of the smaller ones either so it's probably a middle run store i'm guessing okay uh so how many how many xbox x we're just I talking about they, how many were sold i how reckon many? they sold 120 oh friggin hell what am i doing <laughs> <laughs> i forgot that i wrote it in the run sheet dumb yeah and, and i reckon playstation's 200 <laughs> correct good guesses yes. guys <laughs> So then I was like, okay, how many eBay games? Because I think it is an average one. Wait, what do you mean 200? Like where? They had 200 that they sold that week of PlayStation 5s at the eBay game store that I go to. Oh, the particular one that he Mm. went to. Okay, that makes sense. And I think it's like an average one. I don't think it's one of the bigger ones or the smaller ones. So then I looked at it. I'm like, okay, then there's like 300 stores in Australia. uh, And then... You know, what do you reckon? AB is probably getting, what, half the allocation of the PlayStation 5s in Australia? AB. EB, you mean. EB. Sorry. No, I said EB, but... Oh, uh, half... Um, I don't know. I, I actually legit wouldn't know because you've got JB Hi-Fi, that's the biggest competitor, but then you sure. have Big W, Target, Amazon. Harvey Norman, Amazon. So, I don't think it's half. I think it'd probably be less. Okay. Okay. So let's just say it's a third. So that would result in mm. ballpark like one hundred and eighty thousand 
PS5s being sold in Australia, which is pretty okay. crazy. And then we're about 15th of the population of the States. So that would mm. be like 2.7 million in the States. So oh, like, this stats wow, actually exist so somewhere crazy. though. Uh, no, they're this... not really what? because what they're, uh-huh. what they're announcing is like in relative frame of other things. So they'll go, the PlayStation 5 has sold a million within 18 hours. But it's like, okay, like, you know, 18 hours, but like, how do you actually measure in terms of, are you saying pre-orders or, you know, you know, people well, actually... They're all pre-orders, it, dude, because or... I don't think people could grab it. So I don't know a single person that could grab any of the consoles if they people didn't could grab it order within the first it the 10 day. minutes. No, no, no. People could order it on the day. Like, there was ah, no for future shipments and stuff. Okay, no, no. Right. Even for like this weekend. Some people really? Yeah. How? Correct. Wow. On, uh, I thought it Thursday. was completely sold out. No, it depends that's on the really retailer. Cool. Some of them like held back some of their allocation. Oh, that's right. Because some yeah. did hold back. I remember I, Harvey Norman and stuff had some extra stock and I think Amazon did. Again, they went super quick. I don't even know how I got I got lucky with the PS5 because I had a message from my mate and he's like, oh, I just pre-ordered my PS5. I'm like, holy smoke, it's, it's on today. And I feel like mm-hmm. an ungrateful person now that I managed to get my hands on it. But trust me, so, I appreciate the fact that Mike, I did. That Demon Souls, yeah. how was it? Oh, how Demon it? Souls. That game, okay. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. It is amazing. I know it's an overused word, but it's just wow. It's it's super cool. So back to where I was. Sorry, before I had to run off. I did play Demon Souls on PS3. Absolutely. I actually played it from memory. I think after I played Dark Souls. I don't know if it was Dark Souls one and two. And afterwards, I went. Oh, I should really go back to my copy of Demon Souls and and play that properly. Because the very first time I played it, I think I did what a lot of people probably did. And then as I started to play it, and then it was hard, and then I put it down, and I didn't get back to it. And that's such a weird thing, because when I went back to it, I don't I don't know how many years afterwards, maybe like a couple of years after, after I put it down, I was super hooked. I just love those games. It's almost like, how the hell did I not stick to it the first time? They're absolutely amazing games. So I did play it. I did finish it on the PS3 and it's really fascinating playing the remake now because I played all of Boletaria. So, so the very first area that you go through and obviously the tutorial before that, and I also started on, on another one of the worlds. And it's interesting that your brain still remembers the mental maps that were created from the original game. So it's a very familiar experience. And obviously it's a familiar experience because they also used not the same engine per se, but the underlying, um, all the enemy placement, the map, the geography, the level design, um, the the attacks, the animations that changed and stuff. But in terms of the timings and everything, that's remained exactly the same. So obviously that feels the same, but it's quite fascinating going back to it and going, I know exactly where this is. I remember the whole mental map of this particular level. Well, um, I, even I don't know if you know, Mike, but they actually, like the way they built this game, they took the PS3 yeah. code yeah, no, I and did, they got I did, it running on the PS5. Yes, I did hear that, yeah. And they do actually have the engine running in the background. Yes, they do, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, they've, they've changed a whole bunch of other things to it, clearly, as in as in the animations are, are, are different. Yeah. Um, but there's which, two engines. But they've kept there's it the, the original same. engine and the new engine and it like intermeshes. It's mm. pretty cool. It's, it's it's amazing. So in terms of the game itself, um, and I believe you did speak about this on your previous episode, it's the first game that I tried at least, and given that there's not that many games to really be playing anyway, that actually feels next-gen-y. 
And I mean graphics. I mean wait, loading wait, who's times. Jenny? Next Jenny. You know Jenny. You don't know Jenny. <laughs> Keep going. You don't need to acknowledge my bad joke. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Uh, so, so it's it, it's definitely the first game that feels next gen out of out of all the things that I've tried. Valhalla looks great, but it kind of feels like it's just a sixty fps higher resolution version of a current gen game, whereas Demon Souls actually feels a proper next gen experience. Now, I've been super privileged and lucky to be able to experience the game pretty much as well as you can experience this game so that's on a 70 no sorry on a 65 inch tv in hdr um it runs at 60 i've got a 5.1 setup cranked up you've got the controller with the tactile feel there was one part that actually <laughs> really blew me away and i think will last for for a significant amount of time in my gaming memory where you boot up at the start of one of the worlds and this lightning bolt hits a tree and the sound effects, the rumble in your hand, everything just felt absolutely amazing. It's 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 such a cool experience that I will I will no doubt remember it for a long time to come. Um, the controller actually feels really cool in this game. So when you cast uh, a spell, the it's it's really hard to describe, but it actually really feels like it's casting the spell in your hand. And and just the, the sound effects and, and the rumble and and the the feel when it hits something, not only do you get your subwoofer making that sound, but you kind of get that tactile feel in your hand at the same time. Is it a bit it's, like it's a, the spatial awareness in your hand? It is. Yeah. It is. It is. You, you get way more immersed in that experience. And graphically, the game is just superb. It is absolutely... It's a stunning-looking game, I think. Um, the fact that it loads into, into the very first area... Uh, of Boletaria is just nuts how quickly it loads into loads into that. It looks like an FMV, yet it's running real time at 60 FPS. the The geometry of the map is just insane, and yeah, the experience it's it's one of the coolest experiences I've had, I've had in recent memory. I was I was actually on defense when it came to buying it. I knew it was going to be an amazing game. But yeah, well, that, that's $109. why I was surprised when you actually got it because I was sort of saying to you, I'm like, are you going to get that? Because that's Pretty it, much the only game I look at and go, wow, that looks just... That you know what? looks next-gen. I was kidding sorry. myself. I was kidding myself that I wasn't going to get it. Of course I was going to get it. Like, I was... I'm umming and ahhing because I'm thinking, oh, I've got all these other games and not just games. There's all these other projects that I'm working on that I, I felt I didn't really have the time to commit to it. And I knew something like Demon Souls, the moment I got it, I'd be so immersed into it. And I love those games that it's really hard for me to put them down and, and restrict myself. And... That's probably one of the reasons why it wasn't the hundred nine dollars. I mean, yes, it's it's expensive for a new game, and it was in the back of my mind. But don't buy a bunch of coffees, you know, save money somewhere else. You can kind of justify the extra forty bucks you'd normally pay for that game, I guess. But I knew it was inevitable. A game like that, come on, it's like it's 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 absolutely sick. Such a cool game, and it's actually. I bought the initial if I if I remember correctly now I bought the PS4 because of Bloodborne. So when Bloodborne came out that was actually for me a selling point for the PS4 and I I remember I got it pretty much just to play that game. Um I knew I was going to play other games cuz Sony always had better exclusives in my opinion, but it was really because of a game like that. So 
it was inevitable, I think, that I would get Demon Souls. And I'm totally glad I did. It's just, it's a surreal experience. It's a really, really good game. And it's a shame, Swinny, that you can't experience it, if that makes sense. Um, especially if it, I assume it's going to be an exclusive because it's public. Is it published by Sony? I didn't yeah, really see the credits properly. Yeah. It is 100% an exclusive. I don't know so if Halo is going to be an exclusive or Super <laughs> Mario Odyssey too. The, the question is more, <laughs> will it eventually get a PS, PC port? PC. Well, I feel it like it might get a PC it port. That's the thing, right? So it's you're not, not going to be locked out of it or anything like that. So, 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 just so it's not an exclusive overall, in that sense. Overall thoughts on the console, Mike. Uh, and I won't... I don't know if you guys saw this, but people are reviewing the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X, and then giving it a rating, which I just <sighs> find bizarre. Like, IGN point? gave it an yeah. 8. It's like, I'm not really sure what I'm meant to do with that. But what are you, Yeah, what are you going to do with an 8? Do, do, yeah, should you buy but, the console or not? Like, what's like, the... I mean, yeah. IGN, IGN give ratings to Smash Brothers DLC characters, so what do you want? I don't mind that as much, okay. to be honest, as, like, giving it to a console. I just think that's seems odd to me, but... Um, mm, I yeah, agree. Like, in terms of your purchase, you know, and your hands-on that you have now... You're happy with your purchase? Do you feel like oh, you know it, you could have Absolutely. waited, or well, of course I could have waited. And, mm. and again, it's it's if it's not that I I enjoyed, I love it, and and I really appreciate the fact that I even managed to get my hands on it, given that there's a lot of people who, yeah, who don't. Uh, so I don't want to sound ungrateful here. It's just yeah. again, just because of all the projects and stuff that I have, the only thing in, in in the back of my mind is, do I have time to really give this thing justice? Um, and and I feel like I. I don't, unfortunately. I, mm. I don't have that ability. You know, in the past, I'm, I might have even taken a few days of work to be able to enjoy this thing. Mm. And I know other people, other friends that I have who have actually ordered one. And I don't know, as you guys might know, EB had had a bit of a delay in there. So, they're only getting <laughs> on Monday onwards. Oh, they had days planned off to just play the PlayStation. So and rough. I think that's, that's pretty cool. It's super rough. So, I don't want to sound that I don't appreciate this because I totally do. I think it's an amazing console fantastic um controller the the games especially stuff like demon souls is just wow it's it's truly it feel it felt proper next gen um it felt like something i could only really achieve with a pc obviously but it's a game that isn't even available on pc so the only way i can have this experience and especially a game like demon souls i'm sitting i'm legit sitting here going how could i not have thought about possibly buying this game are you serious like for someone who loves these games so much and and has played all the souls games and a lot of the derivatives um including a bunch of games on the switch i and i own multiple copies of dark souls on multiple platforms um it's it's like, well, how could I even think about not getting this game? And I'm so glad I did. It's 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 just perfect for the PS5. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I'm not going to give it a rating, but absolutely, thumbs up. it <laughs> massive thumbs up. It's, oh, massive thumbs up. No, you sound very enthusiastic th- about it. And I mean, for yeah. me, it was actually cool. Like, it sounds so weird. It feels like I'm coveting, but just going around the shops like this week, it, it, it was a really cool vibe for me. And it sounds goofy, but. Just seeing people and they've got like their shopping bags and there's like a PS5 or Xbox Series <laughs> X. It's just cool. It kind of like brought a smile to my face naturally. I was just like, this is really cool, man. We're that like in the cool, new generation. Yeah. You know, people are going to Especially after the lockdown. Home. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, really, we're all really stuck sick. inside and it's it's been, you know, let, let, let's face it. Society as a general has, has kind of hit a bit of a low point in many ways. And, you know, you've got the US election that's kind of 
making people feel a bit negative. Obviously, you've got COVID, which has had a negative impact. So it's cool to get something like that that gives people joy. And, and you know, one other thing that I keep thinking about is you build a PC to be able to have some of those experiences. And that PC is going to cost you, you know, 2000 bucks plus, 3000 bucks maybe. And yes, it can do certain things a hell of a lot better. But the fact that you can you can go out and if you're lucky, you can get a PlayStation for uh, for for you know 750 bucks. Holy moly, that's amazing! Mm. It's it's so cheap, relatively speaking. So well, and I mean, yeah. you know, moving on to uh, another story, and then also talking about value in gaming, mm. we also found out that XCloud is actually launching in a beta phase, a preview phase far earlier than we first expected. So uh, about a month ago, we had Phil Spencer kind of randomly confirm that in early 2021, Australia would be getting xCloud, which is the cloud gaming service that's part of uh, Game Pass Ultimate and um, other offerings. And yeah, it just got like announced this week that in Australia, Brazil, Japan, and Mexico, which are some of the regions where they're launching uh, xCloud next year, They've actually got a registered version where you can register and then sign up for a preview of it. Um, so I promptly signed up because I'm really keen to try it out. It's launching the 18th of November. Swinney, did you sign up for it? I did sign up and the email that they send you says, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you for your interest. Uh, we'll let you know within a few months if you've been selected for the preview. Yeah. And I'm like... Is this an old template that they just reused so. from yeah. the US <laughs> preview? It, it, the whole marketing around this is a bit screwy because, you know, they changed, They actually officially said we're not calling it xCloud anymore. It's just Xbox Cloud Gaming as part of, you know, Game Pass. And then they're still, they've brought back all the xCloud marketing. And it's very, like, contradictory. If you go on certain parts on the Xbox website, they'll sort of say that xCloud's finished but then it's kind of almost starting from fresh in Australia. Well, this, email, this email is called Project S Cloud. Bracket I know, preview. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's really <laughs> weird. It's like they've dusted everything off from the US and European launch. Um, yeah, I, look, I think that that's just a mistake. I couldn't sign up for a while. Like I had to try it like on different services and stuff like that. It just wasn't working, the registration. Um, and Xbox were like reaching out, trying to help me. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm in the same camp as you. I haven't gotten a official sort of, yes, you're in, but it's only like a few days away. So my mm-hmm. next problem was I kind of stupidly thought that this was available on PC. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is only on phones, which I only have window, uh, sorry, Apple, like iPhone. So I actually had to <laughs> yeah. borrow an Android <laughs> from my wife's dad and then... Now it's become like, why does he want this phone for? And I'm like, oh, I don't want to confirm what it's for. <laughs> I'm just why like, are you ashamed of it? Why not? <laughs> I don't know. Well, the funny thing is, he needs it, quote unquote, needs it for a drone. So it's not that much better of a reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I'm really, really keen to try this out and see how this is because I was, I was actually, like I said, I was really impressed with control on the Switch, even though that was running in uh, the States. So I'm actually super keen to try this out and just see how all the games work on it. Yeah, I'm I'm really pumped to try this. Um, I am pumped to try this also, assuming that it's going... I don't know if we've confirmed. Can it access your uh, cloud saves? Oh, good or games question. that you've played. 
because if it can, then that's really useful because then I can just essentially do, you know, like that, essentially what Mike, you've talked about in the past with, um, you know, the cross-platform saves, um, you know, mm. you can already do that with across the, Switch, the Xbox. The Switcher. Yeah, you can already do that across the Xbox ecosystem. So I'm assuming it's going to eventually be, if not now, available for xCloud. But because this is still preview and they're still kind of rolling a whole bunch of stuff out, maybe it doesn't, but that'd be keen to cool to know. Yeah, I'm trying to look for the FAQs. Look, my gut feel would be 100% it would access the cloud saves. It'd be kind of insane if they didn't. Um, because, I mean, the kind of way that Phil Spencer's been talking about everything from an Xbox perspective is just, you know, they want you on the service. They don't really care what screen you play the game on. So there's PC, mm-hmm. you know, your phone or whatever. But it kind of gets back to this whole thing of Apple. It's, like, so annoying that they don't allow this on the iPhone. Because if this was on the iPhone, is, I think I would yeah. take advantage of it a lot more because I've got my iPhone on me all the time. But Absolutely, and that's still yeah. quite a big market when it comes um, most oh, of the massive, people that yeah. i know actually have an iphone so yeah yeah so now it's gonna be really interesting like i guess um given that it's gonna launch during the week we'll, we'll cover in next week's podcast around just our hands-on experience if we are you know in the camp of getting you know like the what do you call it um permission i guess or registration yeah to actually I'd do be, it. i'm gonna I'm going to try two kinds of games. I'm going to try a game that I know has been, had its whole interface designed for touch controls um, for mm, xCloud, which one? is My- Minecraft Dungeons. Um, so they've actually put an entire kind of touch interface when you're playing it on xCloud, which is cool. Um, and I'm also going to try out something like Gears of War, like a, a huge, huge game that's, you know, is you know, actually, Minecraft Dungeons, if there's a bit, a little bit of lag, I'm sure it's not going to be a problem. Whereas if playing something like Gears of War, lag would suck. So I'm kind of uh, going to try two different kinds of games at a minimum. Um, hopefully, Do you have a controller for your phone? So you can use your Xbox One controller. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. So if, you you've got blue, if you've got the Bluetooth yeah. enabled one, yeah. Yep, yep. Well, this is this is interesting for me because, you know, I, I'm, I don't have a Xbox One or a Series X. So... I am limited, even though I've got Game Pass Ultimate, I'm only limited what is released on PC, and there's still some stuff that's only on console, but yeah. with the cloud-enabled stuff, it actually has more games on it. So there's some games that I can't play, and I'm like, oh, well, I actually can play them now, because it's cloud-enabled, so... Yeah, I... So, Swinny, I'm, I should have checked this beforehand, but with the cloud-enabled stuff, do you know if that's ever coming to PC? They've talked about it, um... I think that they would probably prioritize bring it to console first and then PC. Mm. So that something like an Xbox uh, Series S can take advantage of it because we talked about the oh, limited hard drive space. That's right. Space. So it's not even on the Xbox yet. No. Oh. It's only on Android. Yeah, I'm Android. just seeing an article. Uh, yeah, because they do plan to bring it. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I, I must admit, stupidly, I just assumed that it was on uh, console. No, so that'll be. The, I, I reckon that would be the priority, and then they'd look at PC after that. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense because it's also probably the one where the games that you're playing are probably more twitchy, or you're expecting more from them. It's just hmm. like I, I was really keen to play it because you, you would have seen the other news um, around Google Stadia that they started to give away the Stadia pack to people who were subscribers to YouTube Premium. Really, I did yeah. not see that. Yeah, huh, so I like, didn't it, get that. It, it doesn't apply to us in Australia because we don't have oh. Stadia here. But um, of course, 
yeah, if you're a YouTube US or UK or European maybe, but don't quote me on that, I believe it was UK, um, YouTube Premium member, the actual packs, you know, the ones with the Chromecast that was dedicated and for the Stadia. control and the control wow. and the controller, they were giving wow. it away for free. That's crazy. For free. Like, well, yes, I guess they just... need to get people onto it because it's been reviewed pretty badly. Oh, no. Dude, to me, that that's that's terrible as a sign. <laughs> I mean... Well, yeah, exactly. With, that's what I mean, yeah. You combine it with Google and you just go, oh, God, that's does just that, like... Does that controller just work as a, gener- a generic PC controller as well? I don't because... think so. Uh, Maybe you'll be able to set it up like that, but that controller, it's got some weird tech that it talks directly to your router. So then it... Like, because what it's trying to do is be as efficient as possible to get okay. to the, the the cloud servers. It looks like a pretty cool controller for PC if you could get it. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, but it sold out really quickly. So when I say sold out, is basically you sign up to the trial and you get it, and then you can cancel the trial, and then you keep the Chromecast. Like Chromecast <laughs> itself, it was a Chromecast Ultra, which about wow. like I don't know what like a hundred bucks, hundred bucks, yeah, show. yeah. I think that's how much so I mean, just from that point of view, it's like that's just a no brainer. And I think, like, at the time of when we're recording this, the UK ones are still available, which is just madness. So, no, like, I, I, I'm actually, it sounds stupid, you know, picked up the Game & Watch this week. That was my new console. And then this xCloud thing, I'm <laughs> like, I'm actually super keen to see how this goes. Because as much as I'm a physical game collector, like, yeah, this cloud stuff, I, I, in a weird way, I feel like it's superior to digital for me. It's just like, okay, if you're going to go into that digital kind of space, bang, you just do it in the cloud then. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have more thoughts on it next If it week. runs, great, yeah. But yeah. It, it, it's ultimately a little bit dependent on the game, how well it runs your internet And I can, connection. Se- I can send you yeah, the yeah, link, yeah. Mike, if you want. Um, yeah, yeah. If you want to sign up. Yeah, hit me up. Yeah, I'll use, next week as well. I'll use uh, my partner's old phone Yeah. that, that I gave to her and then I destroyed. It's yeah. also available um, on tablets as well, Android tablets. You don't need a specific Okay. Phone. Yeah, tablets. One of those lying around. Cool, cool. Yeah, I've got a few different controllers, so hopefully one of them works because I don't unfortunately have an Xbox controller. Um, but we were talking about microtransactions earlier in the show, and I I think you're right, Mike, in terms of you know the the discussion around microtransactions and the sensitivity of them because we saw this week, probably like in terms of microtransactions, top three in the entire world. EA, um, they've actually introduced a whole new set of tools. Uh, specifically designed uh, around FIFA 21, which is, you know, mm. again, a game that reaps in a, a billion, literally billions yeah. of dollars of revenue. Um, and, you know, it's all about, from their perspective, and I'll, I'll put the corporate lingo on it, it's like, you know, self-empowerment, self-management of the microtransactions. So to the point where you can see, you know, how much you've played, you know, how much you've spent. It tries to pull in as much as it can around that data. Some of them, there are some limitations just given that, you know, some of the console spend, they can't actually see that because that's actually on the console manufacturer's point. Like it's interesting to know that, like they can't even see some of that data. Um, And then also allow it. So as a parent, you can go, well, I'll limit you to X amount of spend. And, you know, from that perspective, I'm not a huge believer or liking, you know, DLC and like these kind of microtransactions type of stuff. But I think if it's reasonable and your kid had an allowance and they go, look, I really want to spend, you know, five bucks a week or a month or whatever on it, you know, maybe like given that yeah. there's tools to, to limit it. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we don't, we don't live, unfortunately, in, in an era where you publish a game, you send it out and that's it. That's the cost mm. of it. And that's the 
copy that gets sent sent out, you do have server costs, you do have That's you true. know ongoing development costs, um, etc. But I think when you make billions of dollars, yeah, literally it's, billions. It's it's, yeah. it's obviously going a little too far down the. You're taking advantage of someone somewhere in order to make that kind of money. So, and it's uh, it's funny because I just played, um, and I did message you about this. I, I grabbed Trials on mm. on the Switch, and I hadn't played it. I hadn't played Trials since my gosh, when was when did trials we used to HD play the original Trials or something? Trials HD, yeah, yeah, yonks ago. I think. And I one think thing we, that we played the sequel to Trials too. Um, I think at your did, place, yeah. so that's probably the last one. Can't remember if that was called what that one was called, but it was the essentially yeah. The, it was a while ago. Well, it wasn't out. Trials. Oh, two, since three sixty days. Trials HD was the sequel to Trials Two. Which well, that's what I meant. That's the one I meant. <laughs> yeah. so that's the one. So I, I don't know. HD. But it was like three sixty days, right? Yeah, that we played it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, a long time since then. One thing that seriously put me off was the loot boxes in the game. Yeah, terrible. Of course, Ubisoft. Of course, they introduced that, and and that the original I do not recall it ever having that because cosmetics and stuff just weren't a thing that you even give a shit about. And it's it's I know different horses for courses, but courses for horses, horses for courses, whatever. But but to me, it actually it actually really put me off. Um, and not only did it put me off because of that annoying, just the mechanic, just just really really irks me for some reason um there's also a delay so when you go to open it it does that stupid shake on the box but i feel like it's it's also sending something back to the server to maybe sync the contents or something i don't know what the hell's going on but it's that delay as well and that whole oh you're shaking this thing and it's like you're playing the slot machine again i don't give a shit about any of that just give me the damn cosmetics as a, as a level up every time i level up instead of this mystery box Make it so, you know, at level 15, you get this particular part or whatever, this mm. sticker collection or whatever, not this chance to get a particular thing. So, the whole thing just sickens me. Like, it, it pries on people's addictions to that sort of stuff. And yeah. I think the fact that, you know, this, this company's making billions of dollars and this is going to be hilarious if one day I work for EA, it might come back and bite me in the ass. The fact that they're making so much money of something, something that, you know, ultimately is just prying on people's basic psychology okay. so and their Mike, ability to get Mike, addicted. what do you think about the tool that EA have created for FIFA to help people self-manage that then? Look, I think it's I think it's kind of like a, as a last resort because they're realizing, because they're, they're getting sued and, and there's multiple places around the world now that are putting laws in place to prevent those kind of practices. And I feel like it's 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 not a benevolent thing. It's not something that I think someone in, in, in the corporate office came up and said, look, guys, I think we're doing the wrong thing here. I think we need to empower people to to self-manage better, to, to control their habits, etc. I think it's a knee-jerk reaction to the fact that there's going to be tighter and tighter laws in place and there's potential for them to get sued for a hell of a lot of money because of of the practices that they have and i think it's it's, it's just a knee-jerk reaction like i appreciate the fact that they do they're doing something about it but it's it's like i don't know a, a drug dealer giving out pamphlets telling people hey if you've got an issue with the drugs we're selling you well <laughs> here's a support group you can join it's so it's interesting you mentioned the whole oh you don't think that they you know there's a care there because Apparently, this is part of EA's positive play project. So, positive play project. Wow. They rolled That's out in a... June, and I won't say I know every facet of it, but apparently this campaign was to address toxicity and other harmful elements within the gaming community. 
Gosh, come on, corporate <laughs> nonsense. Oh, you want to talk about toxicity? So funny. The whole it's practice so... that they're doing is toxic. <laughs> Look, I I think it's good that there's more options for people, right? I don't want to take yes. away the fact that this is there's a positive step to this, but I the fact anything when you're talking about self managed. So I I've you know I've had a family member in the past that has mm. had gambling mm. addiction. And mm, in yep. Australia, the only way to um, – they've started introducing some stuff around that, which has made it better. But um, you you can self-impose restrictions. So you can go to a, a venue, a gambling venue, and say – I and fill something out. I don't know if you go to the physical the venue or just, you know, go through the, mm. the gambling uh, association – and where you then get put on a list where they cannot allow you to actually gamble at that venue, but it has to be done by the person themselves. But how many people do that? It's, exactly. it's... Oh, a lot, dude. No, 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 no. no just on that, a lot of people do do it because yes. there was a court case recently where Crown didn't honour that with a real problem gambler and they've been sued to death for it. Yeah. But um, wow. the problem just... with that act is you have to do it at every venue. It's not like exactly. a blanket, hey, I want to put myself on a list Basically, I've got an issue here and I don't want to gamble anymore. You know, yeah. like I'm rock so bottom. To, you have to, to go to each one. To talk okay. about my, my personal experience with my family member with that. So 100% what you said is correct. But the problem is it still relies on that family member or that person yeah. taking that yeah. first step. and Which, then which I think is right, though. I think that's right. That and then well, be the person's choice. And then, no, just uh, let me finish my part, please. Yeah, yeah go on. Sorry. It's really important for me to discuss. Um and then to also, you know, as you said, it's per venue. So even if they went and self-imposed themselves at one venue, then they would then have all these backup options. And mm. it ended up being that the, so it's really on the strength of the person's willpower and the motivation to do that. And it it ended up being they, you know, it, it didn't happen. But as you said, like it's it, the fact that it is there for people to do is great. But whenever you talk about and going back to FIFA, a self-managing this stuff, I, I don't know how I feel about it. I think it's really good from a parental control. You know, okay, we give we give our, our son, you know, whatever um, pocket money per week, right? Not that I think kids should be, or teenagers should be doing this anyway, but at least there's some controls here around this. And you can say, okay, then you can... You can literally put limits on it, right? Which is but is that is that the target audience in the end? I mean, don't you think that that parent would see that their credit card's being charged for crap? That no, no dude. Like a lot of this happens all the time. Yeah. Why until they notice that? But I think that's that's even, the wrong no, target no, audience. People don't in look sense. at their credit card, you know, for transactions as long as it's not like insane. <sighs> You know, like hundreds of dollars can leak through easily. And you're yeah, reckon, court, you're court a parents are going to notice that their kid is is leaking hundreds of dollars. Like there's in, court, yes, there's dude, court cases not... around this already. Like there's so many cases out there of parents suing um, these businesses, whether or not it's EA yeah. or um, it's Fair probably enough, but mainly I just think, EA. I, I think it's FIFA. the wrong. It's 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 trying to to look like you're doing the right thing but it's targeting the wrong people in the end i think that's to me to me instinctively that doesn't feel like that's the the big target market if you really want to help people most of the people that play those fifa games and stuff i don't know what the what the breakdown is but it's not going to be all kids that use their mom's credit cards it's going to be actual adults and and people who have their own money that they're wasting on things like that 
and how is this going to help them? No, no, there are a lot. But what I'm saying is, is that particular tool itself? Yes, it's better than nothing. Don't get me wrong; it absolutely is better than nothing. But, but will that tool, to Swinney's point, be used by the large chunk of people that actually do manage their own money and are using their own credit cards and they're wasting their own money on this stuff? Will those people who are already in a position where they're they, they clearly don't have the self-control to do these things themselves, be able to take that step to acknowledge that they have a problem in the first place and then have the self-control to, to impose those things on themselves. I think that's going to be the real tricky part. Now, again, don't get me wrong. It's better than doing nothing about it. But spinning it like you're doing it as, as a benevolent thing to help the community, that's complete bullshit. It's, it's absolute complete bullshit. That. Well, I think I think I think for me, like one thing that's really remarkable is that our conversation, so naturally and without like a, a battered eyelid, turned to gambling and gambling mechanisms, <laughs> and the fact that they still argue that it's a surprise mechanic and it's not gambling; it's one hundred percent tapping into psychology around gambling. Like I have a lot of addiction yeah. problems, yeah. and like pretty much. You know, I, I gamble on like sports and I, I've always kept it well in track, but I'll ne- I've never touched the pokies because I've got like a huge addiction problem. And I mm. reckon like just the way they're wired and the way that they trigger the things in your brain, some people they just can't almost like help themselves, right? Oh, and, absolutely. Yeah. And just I mean, going they, back they... to Sweeney's point and like, you know, from my perspective, I, I think, you know, it always needs to be the person themselves saying, but it can't I, be just, just personal. Like, I think it's always the person's choice, ultimately, from my perspective of how I look at the at the world. But I think it's very sneaky the way that these companies do it. And I understand because I work at a sneaky company that, you know, they make it per venue or per game or like I should be able to just go into the PS5's menu and say, I don't want to participate in loot boxes or... I want to cap it out. So I'm only spending $5 on anything related to loot boxes per week. And then I set it once and then I don't have to touch it again. And I don't yeah, but have I disagree to that it's, you know, it's, use that willpower it, each time. It's the person's, it's solely the person's choice. I totally disagree with that because people don't live in their own bubble. They have family members that get affected by this. So you can't say that you have to rely and it always has to be the person's choice to go there and and put these restrictions on themselves. It doesn't work as simple as that because we live in a society. We live in a society. And the people that have these addictions have family members, friends, etc. that are greatly impacted by these things. And look, I'm speaking from someone who doesn't necessarily, I haven't had the same experiences as Swinney. I have had parents who have had issues with alcoholism. So you can kind of compare the same same two things. But the reality is some of these things as society need to be addressed because it isn't just a person's individual thing at play. If they live by themselves and they, they completely had no interactions with anyone else, maybe fair enough. They're the only ones who can control that. Who's, who are they really harming in the end? But when they're harming their kids, for example, because they're spending all their money on on bullshit like gambling as opposed to you know taking care of their kids or, or providing health education etc for them then it's it's more other people need to intervene you can't just rely on that person doing it because it's massively detrimental to the rest of society i think it's just a principle thing like my principles are different like i think all of us and i don't think it's a you know even you necessarily have to experience something like this but we've all experienced family members to different degrees be afflicted with severe addictions and they're Mm. very detrimental to their lives um, I, I just always have a very personal view and a principle that 
you know, all change has to come from within. And yes, you know, there are interventions, there's all this other kind of stuff you can do, but ultimately that person needs to say, I have a problem. I want to do something about it for any meaningful change to happen. And I, I just agree think for that they shouldn't change, put yeah. hurdles up in front of you. Like or, we were just talking about the gambling stuff. You should be able to go to a government register and say, I have a problem. I'm at rock bottom. Like my family are in despair. I've lost my house, whatever it is. I do not want to participate in gambling. So anywhere, I, yeah, you know, exactly. like here's my ID, bang. Like I should be banned from all of that stuff. But that's a choice you have to make, and it's a huge choice. But that shouldn't then be like, oh, then I can swing to the local pokies and oh, absolutely. What, or I if I'm a drinker, like I, I also think for drinking it should be the same. Yes, I think it should that, be. Like, yeah, you should. Places should not allow you to go buy alcohol. Like, absolutely, but you should yeah, choose that. Like, it should be your personal choice. But the only difference, I agree that it, it should be a, a blanket thing that it can apply. So, as you said, you need, say, a specific license or they, they need to do a check. And if you're on the system and you've said that, hey, I don't want to be sold this or I don't want to partake in any gambling, they automatically stop you from doing that. As a blanket rule across the entire state, if it's a state-based thing or nationally, whatever. But I do feel that I, I would take it one step further and I would say that it shouldn't just rely on a person actively going to do that. I think there should be other measures in place that prevent people from from being able to to do that. So we have we have rules that say, you know, you need to be 18 to go buy alcohol. Well, should it be a person's choice to to say, well, I'm 15, I'm smart enough, I should have the choice to buy my own alcohol? No, it shouldn't. Society puts a blanket law in place that says, for the betterment of society, the rule is you have to be 18 and above to do this. And I think it should be the same where there should be systems in place that you can interfere into a person's life if, for example, they're abusing their children as a result of alcohol or drug abuse. Let's let's use that as an example. The Department of Child Services or whatever should be able to to put a, a law in place that says this person is not allowed to go and gamble their money that, you know, they're receiving to take care of their kids instead or buy alcohol with that money. And it's not up to them whether they want to do that or not. We put that in as a, as a society. And I think there should be exceptions like that. So, but in the end, the will it work? No, if the person doesn't actually generally want to do that. To close the topic off, I, I, for me, like we all, I think we're all in agreement that this stuff shouldn't exist in the first place. All these EA loot boxes and everything, right? Like, uh, we, I don't agree with that. Well, okay. Well, I think that you know the be- the best case scenario out of this is that they don't even have those gambling mechanics in their games, right? That would be nice. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say you know ban them completely. Nice. And this is my last little topic because I think we need to move on. Is that I think that they should put some um, max spend and max thing daily limits that are universal, but then still have the ability for people to 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 use these tools to um, put even further limits. So I think there's more that can be done. If they, these things have to exist because it's just part of their business model and they have to do this for some stupid reason or business reason. Because they want to make billions. That's then, the only stupid then reason. I think they, they, they need to go a step further. So that's just my last thought on it. So. Yeah. And like just to sum out for me, um, you know, I, I generally agree with what you're saying. Like, and I don't play these games anymore because of these mechanisms. I don't mm. think that means that they shouldn't, be, they should be banned from having them. But I do agree with you, Swinney, that I think being good corporate citizens, they probably should have natural defaults in the system, which say, you know, hey, you've you've spent your daily, you know, usage limit, and maybe you can make that so that's like uncapped, but the default is like a certain amount. Um, but you know, probably the one thing that I think this does mark 
given that this is probably the number one game in terms of microtransactions, there we've probably reached peak microtransactions just because you know there's a lot of legislation coming around in a lot of jurisdictions and putting a lot of pressure on the practice. So. Mm. Like, I think we're all going to be happy if there's less of this stuff. And even, you know, in Assassin's Creed, we're seeing less of it than we had before. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, there's a big difference between banning it outright versus, like, having it. But I, I, I do think we've reached peak, Regulating um, it, yeah. microtransactions. Oh, absolutely have, yeah. It, it, does, it doesn't fly anymore. But that, that's, to me, ultimately, that's what sucks. The fact that these companies took advantage of it as much as possible and didn't take one step back to say, well, are we actually doing the correct moral thing? Mm. No, it's just profits, 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 profits. And I know in the end, it's an organization. They're not there to care about you and your life. So, you know, it makes sense that we are where we are. So, Swinney, no natural segue here that I can find. Um, (laughs) I'm actually shocked that you haven't spoken more about wrestling in the podcast, given you are a huge wrestling fan. But you, you've been very uh, on topic, you know, whenever games come come up. But I think this is a fair opportunity for you to go through the next item. Yeah, so honestly, there hasn't probably been a natural way to uh, to feed it in because there hasn't really been any positive news about uh, wrestling in video games in a long time until this week. So this week, All Elite Wrestling... Uh, who are uh, probably the second biggest uh, US uh, promotion and maybe the second biggest in the world at the moment, although New Japan's probably still just behind WWE. Um, So they've been around for, I think, getting close to two years now or a year and a half, uh, AEW. They had a mock tech conference uh, this this week um, to unveil their long-awaited video game lineup, or we thought just one video game. And the, the Mock tech, tech Conference was uh, hosted by some of their biggest stars, including uh, their vice presidents as well as their stars, Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes. And they, it was actually quite, it's quite humorous. Um, they, I think Kenny Omega was dressed up like Steve Jobs. And then along comes uh, Britt Baker, another one of their stars. She's also dressed like Steve Jobs and they kept interrupting each other. And then Cody Rhodes shows up. So it was obviously playing off the whole Apple, one more thing kind of thing. Um, and to clarify, or to, I guess, give some context, so Kenny Omega and Kony Rhodes are huge, legit video game fans. So these aren't just, oh, they're wrestlers involved because they need to say, oh, oh, we've got some new video games coming out. They are legit video game fans. We've talked about Kenny Omega before being part of, you know, part of the Street Fighter V uh, community. You know, he's he's a huge Street Fighter V fan. He's been part of Capcom's presentations hosting, unveiling characters. Cody Rhodes has also unveiled a Street Fighter character before. So these guys are huge fans. And what's really important about this is wrestling video games, with the exception of, um, I think it was Fire Pro, the the latest Fire Pro uh, game, they've been in a bad place for a while. So the, the biggest, you know, player in the game is WWE, of course. And the, then you talk about their 2K series. They had their recent, uh, was it Battlegrounds, I think it was called, that just didn't look Yeah, I think WWE. Battlegrounds 2, maybe? Or, yeah, WWE uh, Battlegrounds? It was, it was Battlegrounds, but it was kind of like an All-Stars 2. So that, you know, over-the-top arcade look. But generally, it's always been WWE 2K for the last, oh, God, you know, for the last five, six, seven years or so. So there hasn't really been much out there for people that love some just classic, you know, well-playing uh, wrestling games like they were in the N64 days and the early PlayStation days. And that's really important because right at the top of this conference, uh, Kenny Omega's name-dropping No Mercy. 
uh, Fire Pro, which is you know not so much a known as sixty four series, of course. It's that's across multiple uh, generations, but No Mercy is the almost like the epitome of classic wrestling games. Um, it was the fourth in the series of the Aki or uh, Aki uh, produced uh, developed games on the Nintendo sixty four. And they announced uh, not only a console game, but two mobile games. But the console game is, actually has the involvement of the director of No Mercy, uh, Hideyuki uh, Iwashita. So, and Omega's uh, the creative director. So they're definitely feeding into, hey, we know everyone doesn't like wrestling games anymore. They've taken the fun out of them. They're just, you know, they're loaded with microtransactions. We want to make a game basically like No Mercy. Um, or, and you know, and kind of fire people love fire nice. pro and stuff. So well, there's a segue right there. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's really really cool. Um, now Ukes are actually handling development. So Ukes were actually were working on the WWE 2K series up until 2K19. Then um, 2K themselves took over the the reins of that. Ukes got ousted for various reasons. So they're actually involved, which is means you've got a lot of pedic development development pedigree here but hopefully and you can go all the way back to the the smackdown games on the playstation and everything um and the other two games they announced were one was uh, a mobile general manager booking sim which is pretty cool and also a mobile casino game which i'm not a fan of but weirdly it kind of fits within aw's theme because all their pay-per-views are double and nothing all out is very casino themed but the idea of okay i, I have no idea i didn't look into it is that it was a real game where you spend your money and stuff. I have no idea. I don't I honestly don't care about that. But it's the the booking seems pretty cool because um you've got it's likely in the spirit of, of the Extreme Warfare series, which date back to what nineteen ninety five. I used to use them all the time. Just the idea of running your own wrestling promotion like you've got football manager and things like that. Um and the uh, Madden games have had um you know general manager sims and things where you sim seasons um, but when you're talking about wrestling, then you can say, okay, I want this person to become the champion. They've got a storyline with this person. I think so. That's pretty cool. But yeah, just overall, some great news. Um, and yeah, looking forward to uh, seeing, you know, how the games turn out, that console game. So. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's it's really interesting to me because, you know, even I have a little bit of an affinity with the 64 games and, you know, the fact that they're mentioning that, you know the thing that always makes me nervous though about anything wrestling is just I, I feel like it's just you're just waiting until Vince McMahon opens the checkbook and buys AEW unless they've confirmed that they will never sell it. Well, because you know that that's what he'll do. People that own um, AEW are actually worth more than Vince McMahon. So, oh really? Yeah. Uh, so it's the Khan family. They're involved in massive sports promotions. Uh, they interesting. own uh, the Jaguars uh, and things like that. So, oh, yeah. okay, interesting. That's good. That's the good Khan, to know, actually. The back, the the head of AEW is Tony Khan, the son of um, I can't remember the the like the main Khan guy, his name, but yeah, Genghis. Mm. Yeah, they're they're, it, they're it, a huge. They're 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 a force to reckon with. They're on TNT, um, national TV in the US and stuff. So yeah, no, no, it's interesting to me because you know I'm not a wrestling fan and it still has come across, you know, my desk, as as you say, you know, <laughs> like, I'm like, how do I know about all elite wrestling? And it's just, yeah, just like lots of different sources are sort of saying about it. And I think given how, 
you know, from what I understand where WWE is perceived in the marketplace these days, like I hear everyone talking about, it's not as good as it used to be. The storylines aren't as good, the way they're treating the wrestlers. You know, I saw even the other day that a wrestler was fired within 10 minutes of saying on Twitter that she supports unionization. Yeah, there's a lot in that story that kind of the the timing, I think, was very coincidental with that, but definitely would have had an impact. But, oh, look, it's horrible. Like, it's everything around that. And I could rant on for for a long time about that. So all I'll say in regards to AEW, that if people um, used to love wrestling and kind of, you know, fell out of, of love with it or just, just didn't like what WWE has been doing for a long time. Give them a shot. AEW is actually really, really fun um, and has some huge, huge cool stars in it. So, and, and one thing we haven't mentioned before Jack, we move on to the Jack, next Jack involved for some reason. So that's really so cool. one one thing that I don't think we mentioned is is there any timeline in terms of when this game's going to come out? I don't believe so. I think the footage they showed was almost like uh, just a pre-rendered thing, which honestly didn't look very good. But it was, I think. Yeah, they didn't give really any indication around a, a release date or anything there. But I would say probably expect it sometime uh, in 2021. So. Okay. Yeah, no, cool. Hey, uh, did, it sounds like something that you'll definitely pick up. Did you guys ever see the video? You know that Vince McMahon meme thing where he's falling off his chair? Yes, yes. It's three or, three or four slides. I only actually saw the the video that that's from recently and it wasn't particularly easy to find for some reason oh you Did mean you the actual s- source the actual source yeah. of it yeah it's it's uh, it, i don't know if you have you guys seen the actual source Swinney probably has yeah, yeah. okay I'm, all right I'm well, never so i want to move on to the the next topic um and you know we have spoken about this extensively on the podcast and you know i've stopped joking around being Swinney being the hall of famer but hmm the Xbox Hall of Fame, like there's, there's actually new news on this, Sweeney. Do you want to take this away? Yeah, so I think it was last week mentioned that they were announcing the winners of the Hall of Fame competition uh, this week, and they did. And, uh, you know, a lot of it is as you'd expect. Um, you know, the people that we knew were going to win were going to win in certain stuff. Then the game-specific categories, obviously a lot more competitive there. But there was one specific category that was always going to be a lot more competitive, which was uh, the category called Gamer Score Champion, which was basically most Gamer Score earned within the campaign period, or so we thought. So the campaign period was the 1st of October till the 19th of October. So 19 days was the campaign period. And the rules, basically, you know, the English rules said, yeah, most Gamer Score earned within campaign period. Then when the results came out, everyone's like, wait, what's going on? This person, I earned, like, legit, like, people earned 296,000 achievement points in those 90 days or something like that. What? Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Right? Then the win- the person who had the top had about 100,000. And people are like, wait, what's going on? Like, we know all these people who got way more than 100,000 during the campaign period. Then the Dutch rules... And maybe one uh, some other languages said it was most gamer score earned within a week during the gamer score period, which were the yeah, that's different rules. Very different <laughs> when you talk about those rules. So in a within a seven day period, 
within the 19 days, the person who earned the most was the winner. And Ah, that's so convoluted. Yeah, but the problem you got then is, like, then people, like, planned everything out and they bought all the... Yeah. I don't, like, the fact that they bought all the games, it was their choice to do that, but also they thought this the rules were so different here, right? And so they, they spent all this time, like, one guy, which... Or one person is like, oh, man, I I went for like 19 days, sometimes barely sleeping at all. Oh my god! To win this competition, and I had no idea that it was only going to be like that was the way it was counted. Now these people, like, still credit the people that still got it within those seven days. And there's definitely people used a lot of alt accounts, but I mean that wasn't against the rules, which means that they could create a fake account or not, or a second account. A second account, yeah. And then play a bunch of easy games that they've already completed the main one. Look, that's, that's not fine. That's, that's fine, fine right? Um, but this just, man, people are pissed about this because... It, well, you can see why. Did the rules clearly stipulate that, though, that it was only going to yeah. be within that so, week? Yeah, it's funny because we, in a previous podcast, remember, Swinney, when I was reading all the T's and C's and everything. <laughs> like, I actually read the rules really carefully to me, this is actually pretty basic. Like Xbox or Microsoft, they just need to actually honor the the mis like obviously they've written the rules incorrectly, but you know, what they've written, they need to honor it. They basically unfortunately to me have to go through and it's like one prize in each of these two categories and however many regions, they just have to, you know, eat it and give them Xbox yeah. Series X cuz it's just wrong what they've done here. Like, and, and uh, you know, people, you know, I'm a bad person. I know that I, I, there was so much schadenfreude in the, the YouTube uh, video that you sent through. Swing yeah, of I, one I, of the I, community members. I'm not going to say everything about that video was, was like, but it still highlights what the rules were in English. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I had to, like I said, I'm a bad person. I know that. But I was like laughing at some points of it because it was just like, not not like I'm laughing at the person really, but it's just like, it's such a bad situation. Like it's, it's you know, watching like someone on a motorized uh, scooter and they're doing something that they shouldn't do and then they get themselves into trouble. I'm just like, oh, you shouldn't be spending 19 days doing this, but okay, you got to do it. And then it turns out all the rules were wrong, right? And they spent thousands of dollars on games, it was like, oh, it was really cringy. But I was actually surprised that they didn't understand that there was only one prize. It wasn't like eight prizes per category. Because yeah. I read the rules, and I'm like, that was clear. There was only yeah. one prize. That was, very, one. that was very clear to me as well. Yeah. I'm not even entering this category, you know. Um, yeah, and the funny thing is, he, the guy who made the video, he wasn't number one. He wouldn't win anyway, even I with the rule. But he's no, but the thing is that it like the community talks a lot, so whenever there's sure, nothing, sure. um, and sure. the people there's people out there that definitely you know would have been you know in contention. But the thing with this is that it doesn't it doesn't matter if this was game score, it doesn't matter if it was Xbox or even video games, the rules in you know the, in English, you know, they like yeah, yeah, they, the they, they were the wrong rules, it, yeah, like how like the. You can see how this mistake happens, but it's still ridiculous that it happened, if you know what I mean. So, well, hopefully, well, yeah. hopefully, to your point, they'll just, you know, hand out a few more consoles. I think they have to. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think actually, to be honest, in Australia, <laughs> just given because these are competitions, the way it works is if you've given the rules wrong, you can't just change it. It's not like a, something you can just wave away with T's and C's. So, because that's happened in Australia before where people have stuffed up. Um, 
the writing of the rules. Yeah, so just a very messy situation. And I think, um, you know, I said at the start of this whole Hall of Fame thing was that this is the first time Microsoft have done anything for the achievement community in a very long time. And while it was only one category, it, they still screwed it up. So, yeah. Wow. No, there's two categories. There's two. There's <laughs> oh. two categories. It was the same thing. And it was weird how in the Dutch version, it had the correct language, but in English, like, I was just like, that's, how did they make this error? It's such a weird error to make. Um, I Look, I hope they do the right thing and make people whole. I think it's one of those ones where if it got to, like, Phil Spencer's desk, he'd just go, make a hole, move on. Like, he'd literally give oh, it one sure. second thought. You know, it's like I mean, such what's little money. Them, right? Even if yeah. they, they sell the consoles at below cost, which I don't think they do. It's yeah. so little for the amount, the impact it would have on the community, you know. But it's, honestly, uh, definitely. Majority no of people doing this though were were just doing it to win. They weren't probably doing it to cons to get a a console because they're probably going to get one anyway. Um, so I wonder whether or not they would still actually you know send them something that's saying you're in a hall in the hall of fame or something, or just give them the console. Yeah, yeah. at the very yeah, least. I think they just add all those people. It's only yeah, it's dozens of people. Just get it done and move on. But I think it's, it's just just that they legit deserve it though, right? They just they if if you enter that and and it's clearly not stipulated that there's all these underlying mm. rules, then you, they deserve to win that because it's what they entered. So, No, for sure. For sure. Mm. All right. Well, we, we are running long, so I'll do something a little bit different for my favorite segment, the bargain bin. So I'm just going to fly through it. So uh, Epic Games this week, the Texasist is free. Uh, in Nintendo Switch, I pointed out that Abzu is $3 right now, which is 90% off uh, until the 19th of November. So, Winnie, you pointed out that Dex and Pantsu Hunter, so Dex is 60%. Dex Hunter. is really cool. That was the point. <laughs> I what? Was, I wasn't getting... You can't just mention Pantsu Hunter and fly past it. That's all right. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> we are over time. Jeez, <laughs> sorry. Next. Uh, PlayStation. Uh, again, we did mention this in the main body, but... PlayStation 5, you can get all all of the 20 PlayStation Plus collection. And that also includes if you, you know, ask a mate to log into your account and add them all. That's that's appreciated, Mike. Uh, and Crypt of the Necro Dancer. Uh, that's no, not on sale right now, but when it, no, I when think it it's goes free. I think it's free. I saw something just before uh, about it. Free, free in the UK, in the European region. Um, yeah. I'm all across it, Mike, but I didn't add it in. Uh, Are you sure Xbox, we don't have it as well? Yes, Mike. Xbox, uh, Game Pass Ultimate, if you're an Xbox Game Pass Ultimate member, you can get one month trial of Disney Plus, which is notable because there's no other trials at the moment, and you can always cancel that trial. Uh, Game Pass, as always, there's lots of additions and removals in time. Uh, EA, EA Play, all 60 plus titles have now been added. And then we'll go through all of these. Uh, by default, I'll say that they're all on Xbox and PC, but there's lots of exceptions. So Gears Tactics, uh, just for Xbox, it was already on PC, but now it's added to the Xbox itself. Uh, Tetris Effect Connected, really cool game. Final Fantasy VIII, as when you mentioned, Remastered is on both. Planet Coaster Console Edition is Xbox only. Uh, Streets of Rogue uh, on PC only. River City Girls, and then Star Renegades PC only. So they're the additions. Uh, leaving very soon, so the 16th of November, which is pretty much by the time you'd be listening to this, Darksiders 3, the Munchkin, uh, sorry, Munchkin, uh, Talos Principle, and then Tracks, the train set game. So that was the, the express version of the bargain bin. Was there any other additions or removals there, Mike Swinney? Just 
you, you killed my pantsuit hunter joke. I'll, I'll never <laughs> recover. Sorry. I'll never recover. And Mike's just confirming that it seems like Crypto the Necrodancer is free on PlayStation. So that like that, that's huge. If that's the oh, case, yeah, my, Mike, my two seconds worth of Googling, I don't know if that's correct, just, but uh, the UK. Give it a crack. It might be there. Just make sure you select <laughs> the game itself, not the pick Dex is really cool. Pick up Played Dex it on, on PC. Switch. It's a great right. game. I, I think I might pick it again on Switch, actually. It might be an error, because it actually has two versions uh. of the Crypt of the Necrodancer. One's free and one's not, which is really odd. Um, yeah, that's a really cool game. Uh, like one one quick one that I know wasn't special it. as well that I grabbed is uh, Ghost 1.0, which is that Metrovania style. On Switch as well, sorry. That's on special. what platform? Yeah. Yeah, nice. All right, I want to jump into the review now. So, as I said earlier, um, I played... Like, given that I'm on Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, I am tracking, and Mm. Mike, you can see this in the sheet, that's called GPU, um, tracking the games that I play that are available on Game Pass Ultimate versus, like, what if I bought them, blah, blah, blah. How much am I actually saving (laughs) going on this? And I'd always wanted to play Alan Wake and... Oddly enough, I actually already owned it on Epic Game Store, so I could have actually just played it on that ages ago. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I installed it, and man, like this game, like it really has already stuck with me. And I really, you know, even thinking in a year's time, it'd be really interesting to reflect on it. But I'm actually like fundamentally one of the things I'm actually surprised that this game is not held in higher regard. Like I'd heard of it before, but. I never really heard of people talking about this game in such a, you know, a way of it's like really, game. you know, enjoying the experience. But I actually yeah. really loved this. It game. was a big was deal big. when it came out. But it's sort of got a cult following. Yeah, it's not. Like, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because for me, that's maybe, probably yeah. because it was only on Xbox. You know, so PC port. Oh, see, I didn't appreciate that, and like I went back and read the reviews and. I found the reviews to be really odd. Like, it it was treating it more just as a pure game rather than a piece of art. And I think, like, from an overall impression for me, like, I've ranked this game really highly. Like, I don't think it's a masterpiece, but I, I do think that there's a lot of artistic flair in this game, a lot of interesting writing, and it's really trying to make you think and break those fourth walls around it being a game <laughs> itself. Um, and, it, yeah, it's just something at the time of going back and reading the reviews, I was really surprised. It just wasn't something that they really pulled out um, in the game. So, like, just breaking it down, like, three main things I wanted to talk about this game and just get I your views. I played the whole game. Because I know, Swinny, you played co- it a little collector's bit. Collector's edition of it. Like, but didn't finish? Ah, oh, cool. Okay. This, this no, is going to be really interesting. So, when was yeah. that? Was that recently or I'm ages ago? Launch. About that, oh, Okay, actually. cool, cool, cool. Because that was, like, 10 years ago. So, I this is going to be interesting it, so, to see yeah. what you think of it. Um... Yeah, so, like, the three key things I want to just chat about this game is, like, the references and how it references the material in itself, um, art, sound design, and how it builds tension, and then the last bit is just around world building and the story, and again, like, you know, as we always do, we never really mention spoilers in any of our retro reviews or reviews in general, um, so just in terms of references, like, this game is very much fourth wall breaking. There's parts of it. I think even I sent it to you, Swinney, where there was like a QR code on the wall. And I'm like, oh, okay, what the hell is this? I, you know, use it on my phone. And then it takes me to like this, you know, meme <laughs> really? of the guy who made the game. 
and something about constipation and like the game's yeah. tone you it's remember the dark, game's tone literally. Like, you know it's pretty tense yeah. horror dark serious game and then just to get this meme like based on uh. this qr code i'm like this is so odd and then sam lake uh you know the writer and creative director of this game he's actually in the game as well so you know then that's not a spoiler but just like late in the game there's a bit where he's actually in it, it is. and you're just like cuz it's it, i mean the main so protagonist um, Helen Wake is a writer so it's kind of meta the fact that it's a writer yeah. they're writing about a writer and it, it's yeah <laughs> it's kind of twist really twisted like that yeah and i mean just like, like just on those references and like it referring to the real world and its own thing like if you actually think about it so they had some big hits remedy prior to this game. And, you know, I think everyone felt like, you know, what, what what's the next game that they're going to make? So they actually struggled with creating like the next game for them. And part of the story of this game without like any spoilers, it's just like the writer sort of has writer's <laughs> block. So it's sort of like, you know, what book am I going to write? And that, that was very much like a reference. And you see that reference throughout, and, you know, the game being um, heavily inspired by Stephen King and Twin Peaks. I mean, it's so explicit in the Peaks, game yeah. itself in terms of the structure and just sort of like that Stephen King style. And then Twin Peaks, there's heaps of stuff in it that like is such a direct and overt it, it, You know, I, initially it's, it's I think it was funny. going to be an open world game from memory when they, they did the engine. And I remember seeing the the game before it even came out and it felt like it had a slightly different vibe. And then there was an interview um, as part of the Ars, Te- Ars Technica um, war stories where they actually interviewed and sort of how that changed thing. from just being this open yeah. world to still using that world, but being somewhat more linear and and how darkness and light got incorporated into it. And it's actually worth watching that to, to go more into the... Yeah. And, and that's a really good segue because that was going to be my third point, but I'll bring it up. So you know, from a world building and story point of view, you're 100% right. And when I was playing the game, I, I don't like to know much about the game before playing it. It's just how I'm always with, with these kind of media properties. You know, I was like, wow, this is... Because it's a very linear game. And I was like, this this world feels very rich. Like, you know, you're in different locations in this little town and it all feels very connected and kind of alive if if you know what I mean. Like normally in like a lot of linear games, it feels very much like if you zoomed out, you could just see like this track of like development and then it's just barren, everything around mm. it. It's very fake when you really think about it. Whereas this game, it felt very grounded and real, like for a very odd game. And then, yeah, after the fact, when I finished playing the game, I started reading interviews and, and watching videos and stuff. And that point that you made, Mike, that they actually intended it to be an open world game. And they even say themselves, they're not sure how much of an impact it had, but the fact that, you know, the game itself had a actual real day night cycle. So when they were rendering the linear parts of the game, Hmm. like the, the lighting was exactly correct in terms of where the sun was and in reference to the actual town that they're in. And like, and and I, I actually think it is something that really comes to life when you play the game. Um, and just like in terms of the story, like I often actually found myself 
kind of almost just going, oh, I just want to get through the action scenes. Like I played it on the hardest difficulty that you could play la on. La. I think it like I normal or whatever shot. it is. You couldn't do it on the higher level. But go play I actually kind of gamer. wanted to go. <laughs> no, no. All I'm saying is like in reference to like, I actually wanted to almost change it to the lower setting because I just wanted to get through mm. it and see the story more than anything else. Um, and just like, you know, obviously I won't cover the ending, but you know, it actually felt very much like a, a really great movie where it ends on a, a point that you uh, get a question, you know, the nature of the story, the character, mm. you know, is it this or is it that? Island like almost like, and not saying it is like this, but in the sense of like a, okay. well, I, I was thinking like a Blade Runner where like, you know, you're kind of thinking, well, wait, is Ripley this or that? Or, you know, and, and, and I think it actually works much better when it actually is left open. I understand that the DLC for the game, they make some of the things more explicit in terms of, you know, elements of the story that I won't get into, yeah, which I think is really yeah, unfortunate same. if that's the case. Yeah. Because I actually it, like it, it being a bit open It's your own experience mm. and you take it however you want. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And how you interpret it. Because I have a certain interpretation on the story um, and then what it means, but I, you know, I don't know if I'm right. Like, and I think it's a very personal thing. And I, from um, and then I know it's, and it's a bit more of an expansion than a, let's say a okay. regular deep piece of DLC content. Like it's actually treated as a separate title. Yeah, I, I like it. I never finished it. Felt separate. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, American Nightmare is a different game. Yeah, that's a different game though. I'm talking about. There's yeah, same. What was that, Swinny? That's what I thought you were talking about. No, no. So, um, there are two. So. The game itself has got uh, eight episodes from memory. It might be six or eight. I can't remember. I think it might be six. Sorry. Yeah, it's six. There are two standalone independent episodes that were released after the game. Uh, the Witness and something else. Um, they're not necessary to play. And actually, a lot of people say don't play them. They're not that good. But there are certain story elements that they talk about. So this was before American Nightmare, which is essentially like... a. a spin-off game because they don't treat it as a sequel um so yeah like in terms of those those spin-off games and then actually to be honest american nightmare they do like you said swinney they kind of pretty much tell you like what the grounding of the game is which again i feel is kind of disappointing like and not too dissimilar to uh blade runner and what's happened there in terms of you judge that for yourself as opposed to just listening to hearsay about it though what do you mean like to say, oh, they say this, they say this, like, shouldn't you actually play those episodes before actually kind of to make a judgment call on them? Whether, like, they're good, the episodes, or...? Well, you said it's not, oh, they said it's not worth to play those extra episodes. Well, shouldn't you play them to to make that call for yourself? That's what I'm getting at. Oh, sure, but I don't have infinite mm. time, so I've got to, you know, manage this and go, okay. I really love the game, like, so- Oh, it's just that like people who love the game uh, say, as in you don't think play it, it like not 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 American Nightmare. Not just to be clear, I just want to loop back. It's not American Nightmare. A lot of people say it's worth playing that, so I am actually interested to play it. I I own that game, but the two DLC standalone DLCs for Alan Wake pretty much universally from what I've seen, people say it's not worth I mean, you... playing it. I, and like I said, I don't have unlimited time. So I hear a lot of people say that about DLC yeah, that I actually one, really love. So I, I, really can, I can see how it, it could work like that, isn't? I can see how you watch something <laughs> and and it feels like that is that's the complete. So I, I'll use Infinity Wars as an example. 
to me, <laughs> maybe unpopular opinion, but I would have liked it if the series stopped right there. Then they had to... Yeah, they had to do the oh, next yeah. film really after Benji's that really where yeah. time travel was introduced and all of that. And I personally feel like that took away from the experience of the previous film. That if that's where I left the whole thing at, I would have been way of happier course. than if I had watched the subsequent film. So, I mean, I'm not saying I, I haven't, I don't think I ever played the DLCs for Alan Wake, so I can't comment on that, but I can see how that can happen where certain things can actually become a detriment. But I can also see what, what you mean as well, um, Swinney, how. Mm just the, the popular opinion isn't always correct. There's certain personal things that you like where it might be really cool for you. So. Yeah, sure. And I mean, like with the DLC, like I didn't even, I wasn't even, you know, my point was nothing to do with whether the DLC was good or bad. It's that how it's resolved some parts of this story that I'm a bit like, mm, not a big fan of when they do that in art, mm. but that's fine. It's their prerogative. It's their property. Um, and just the last thing, just, just around the game, like the art and sound and design of the game and how it builds tension. So I, I think we said this, Swinney, at the time that I was actually playing Resident Evil 7 and that scared the shit out of me. And I, I had to stop playing it because it was too scary. And, you know, Alan Wake was there and I'm like, oh, I really want to play this. So I Googled and I'm like, is it a horror game? Like, it does it have horror elements? And there are... Uh, Everyone was like, no, no, it's not a horror game. It's not a horror game. Man, this game was scary as shit, man. Like, there was heaps of parts of the game where I was like... It wasn't scary, but it was tense. But I I still Um, feel like it's... Okay. No, it was scary to me. (laughs) And, and, you know, one thing I will say is... um, Because I would always play it at Mm. night, so it's dark. And I don't have lights in my room, like when I play these kind of games. That's cool. And I have headphones on. But there was one part of the game... I needed to get through and I wasn't, I had no sound. So I was just playing it during daytime and it actually shocked me how much of a difference. Like I'm talking about like, I was really tense when I was during playing it the night before the versus yeah. oh, I almost didn't have any feeling like makes, that when I was playing it. See, the thing is the thing the is daytime I think psychologically with no sound. people don't realize how important sound is. We we discount it so many times because we think oh, it's, it's mostly a visual experience. It absolutely isn't. Sound, music, I would say, dare I say it's more than 50% of the experience in many cases. And in a game like that, um, it is definitely more than 50% of the experience. If you played, say, Alien Isolation during the day with bugger all sound, it's it's a completely different experience. Dare I say, the game isn't even really worth playing, to be honest, in, in an environment like that. Whereas if you play it like you did with the lights off, headphones on, by yourself at midnight, then you get the actual proper full experience and it's completely different. Yeah, and... Like, the the sound design is quite nuanced. Like, the music's really, really great. Like, the licensed songs that they have. So, like, it, it's very episodic. Like, episode one, episode two. And they build it like a TV show. And the final songs for the episode, like, when basically it's almost like the credits rolling for that episode, often I'll just, like, sit there and, like... And all it would say is, like, end of episode three. And I'd actually just sit back and listen. Like, very good choices around music in this game. And yeah, sound is very nuanced in this game. Like, it's very obvious. I haven't read this, but it's very obvious that that there's a lot of programming in the background in terms of how they're triggering a lot of the sounds. Like, even like just you hear breath 
and just like real funny things that it's like, oh, wow, okay, they've really done a lot of thinking around how they want to build tension and really mm. create suspense for you. And it's a very like Stephen King style of like build, build, build suspense and then like, okay, you're safe. So you can kind of have a release um, or something funny happens. Just a very quick side note about sound and like production. Mike, mm. Mm-hmm. When you go to play more Valhalla, pay attention to how they use the dynamic, the music uh-huh. when you get closer okay, to cool. location stuff. Very dynamic. Now, I just want to play that for my interest to play that game. Okay, um, yeah, and I'll cool. talk about it next week. Sorry, No, no, no. I think that's important. And I, and I think it's like, to me, you know, sound, music, and that combination, it's one of the most underrated things in games. Like... The other one that is Breath of the Wild. There's a lot of stuff that they do around sound design and music where, you know, people will go, oh, there's no music in the game. But it's very it's very nuanced the way that they do it and it works really, really well because it's almost a palate cleanser where they don't have much. So when they introduce mm. something, it does create drama. Um, and this game is very much uh, the same of it. And, you know, like one thing I will say, like throughout this kind of like the way that they build out the tension it's it's all about balance as well, like scare you and then relieve. Like, you know, you'll be in a safe place where you, you can't be harmed and the music will really make it clear like you can't. And to me, it's such a artistic flair where the actual game itself is dealing with light a lot about balance and about, you know, how do you balance things in your life, Man. light and dark, story, you know you can't get something for nothing. So like there's always trade-offs and that's always like dealt with really well with the ending as well. Um, so yeah, like for me, you know, just in summary, like I love this game. I really love this game. Uh, it's one of those games where, uh, you know, I can't wait almost to look back and think about it in the future to see how, how much of an impact it had. Um, and, you know, I've said this many times on the podcast, like I am actually even more keen to play Control to the point where, I might just buy the bullet and actually get it on PC because yeah. I've got a beefy PC and I've heard it struggles on, you know, consoles and maybe next year when it comes out next gen, it's but like 40 yeah, bucks I'm, I'm just super keen to play PC. control. So just, yeah. Yeah. So just given that it's on the platform, it's like, oh, you know, I'll probably end up sucking it up and doing it. I think, um, Epic, they often have like, you know, $10 off or something like that. So yeah. I might get it on the Epic Games Store. It's shocked so. me because it's been rumored for a while. You know what? I reckon it will. Yeah, it, it feels like so... the kind of game that's sort of slowly dropped and because of the connection with Ellen Wake, it's... True. But don't let that stop you if you, like, haven't... You're like, oh, I really want to play this. I'm just kind of just flagging that it has been rumored for a while. I'm also mm. had to come out and deny it in the past. So I've, it wouldn't. You know, speaking of, I've had that with a few uh, games where uh, what, what's the uh, what's the one with rats? A, a plague? A plague's tale? Plague tale innocence. That's the one. Plague tale I innocence. Bought it, and then literally the next week it came out on Game Pass, which I didn't mind because I thought it's a smaller developer, and I was happy that I actually contributed extra to them. So. But it's happened a few times. It happened with Forza. So Forza 7, I bought it. And again, literally the next week. So they had it on special. And I almost feel like, I don't think they do it intentionally to bait people or they kind of do it as a last resort to say, let's put it on special, you know, 75% off or whatever, see how much money we can get out of it. And then the next week they put it on Game Pass. And that happened with that game as well. So again, I I spent 25 bucks and it was immediately for free. But anyway... 
So yeah, like I I think if people um you know it is for free on Xbox Xbox Game Pass. I think if you know if at all you're interested in something a bit different, um something a bit more psychological, it is like a little bit of a thriller horror game. Really good. It's a really good game. Like and it's also very short relatively. Like which is nice. It's, it's probably good about to have ten that. hours or thereabouts, and it's very much something. That you can just play the first episode. If you really enjoyed that, I, I feel like the game just gets better with time rather than worse. Um, so yeah, they're my thoughts. Like, really, really cool game. You know, Swinney, like, are you going to play this game? I know that you played a little bit of it. Yeah, I think I beat the first episode uh, back in the day. Um, but it didn't it didn't blow me away. Um, I didn't appreciate it, it, but I think I was just looking for something different at the time. Um I don't play a lot of games in that vein in general, um, except like mm. weirdly, actually play through all oh. the Alone in the Dark remake. Too, yeah, Matrix. I couldn't get into so that. So while it's like, so let, vein, let me ask you, Swinney, if if tomorrow you know? it was categorized <laughs> as an RPG, would you play it? <laughs> <laughs> it definitely he has to be all over that. Hey, I just I just helped to. I just helped to get Far Cry New Dawn decategorized as an yeah. RPG. After all that co-op we put in my fun. But they, they did, okay. They de- they yeah, the I, I really don't... Yeah, it's not It's not an RPG. Come on, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, no, I probably... I I think it's... I, I It's a game that I appreciate from afar. Um, yeah. yeah. And look, I, I can see already just even playing the little short snippet of Control on Switch, the cloud version, I can see how much of a linkage between the, this property, even though it's so old, and Control. Like, it just even the way it felt, I was like, wow, this actually feels like Alan Wake. Like, it's kind of a bit weird. Um, so I think it's one of those ones, to me, I think ultimately Control is like the next evolution of this game and this style of game. So, and it's just better in all counts from it, all accounts from everyone. So, yeah, keen to play that as well. But I'd recommend this game if you're at all interested in something a bit different. Um so that rounds us out for this week's show. As always, uh, you know, if you want to help us out, make sure that you give us a five-star review in your favorite podcast service of choice or share with your friends. Uh, Adios. For now, that's bye-bye. See ya.